Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Split Screen Radio, a podcast all about the games we play, news in the industry, and stories that come from playing together. I'm your host Slacker, joined by my two co-hosts Big Papa, Howdy, and Ruko. Hey everybody. We have a great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, we want to make sure that you know that you can listen to this podcast unedited by watching us on Twitch at The Slacker Project on Monday evenings, or by joining us on our Discord. There'll be a link for that in the description of this podcast. Split Screen Radio is available wherever podcasts can be heard, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even YouTube. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on Twitter at Split Screen Radio or email us at splitscreenradiopodcast at gmail.com. And today, uh, we've got some stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to go through our industry news, a couple things we want to talk about. Lost Ark got revealed. There's been some uh, news of, you know, Cyberpunk's got a patch. We're going to talk about that. Um, we have been playing Warhammer Total War, the third one that recently released as well. And we're going to do a bit of a game dive there, our first impressions, a, kind of, a little bit of a review on it. And then we're going to talk about our main topic, which uh, is pretty interesting, especially since we've come from a place where we launched Eternum Radio in anticipation for the New World MMO that came out, and it really struggled at launch. And so today we're going to dive a little bit more into launch expectations. Uh, are, are the players' expectations too high? Are developers leaning too much to the, oh, we'll fix it after launch? Um we're going to dive into that. We're going to have a conversation about that. So before we get into all of that, gentlemen, how are we doing? How, how, was, your, how was your couple of weeks? Um, I know you guys have both been playing Lost Good. Ark a bunch, haven't you? Busy. I've played Lost Ark a, a bit, not as much as I wanted to. Yeah, um, same here. Well, I, once once yeah. Warhammer 3 came out, that's all I've been really wanting to play. So that's, uh, that's yeah, Lost Ark. Me too. That's not playing Lost Ark. I mean, before Lost Ark came out, I was playing Rogue Book. And once Lost Ark came out, I played that for a bit, and then Warhammer came out. So, and, uh, how you join Roguebook? Yeah. Roguebook's good. It's solid. Um, a lot like Slay of the Spire and um, Monster Train, but mm. you know, there's obviously some which I some love key differences. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I Monster Train is and Slay of the Spire are both two of my favorite games. Yeah, um, fantastic. Games. I I think Roguebook. I mean my. I don't have any major issues with it, but it is, I think, more RNG than the other mm. um, two games um, because you you only gain things by revealing certain sections of the map. And if you reveal the wrong section or you reveal a section that has nothing in it, you know, you're not gaining anything, and that uh, just adds extra RNG oh, um, interesting. to it. So, um, so but it's not overall, guaranteed it's progression in, like, in deck building. I, you, you have some guaranteed progression. Um, but, uh, again, like you have, you have the RNG of the cards that you can get and, uh, the RNG of the cards that are available in the shop and, but then you have all these other extra layers of, of RNG, right? I mean, they have yeah. things like relics and stuff, right? That give you passive bonuses and, and things like that. Uh, it's got some pretty cool mechanics that, you know, I, I would definitely say I, I bought it on sale and, um, over Christmas and got around to it finally but it, i i've enjoyed nice. it so i, I literally got a notification hours. yesterday that it's on sale for me again <laughs> so. yeah yeah honestly I, w I would definitely recommend it i i've had a lot of fun with it but lost Ark's been great you know too. what game you guys got to put on your wish list that i discovered and what? you shouldn't even wish list this you should just buy it because it's a freaking joy um while waiting for warhammer 3 to release i found a little game 
called Vampire Survivors. Have you guys heard of this game? <laughs> no. Oh, I only, but I I'm only not intrigued. <laughs> I've so. only seen it. You're, you're going to need to convince me on this one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. Let me. Yeah. I'm going to read the, the Steam description. Mow thousands of night creatures and survive until dawn. Vampire Survivors is a gothic horror casual game with roguelite elements where your choices can allow you to quickly snowball against the hundreds of monsters that get thrown at you. Overwhelmingly positive, over 48,000 reviews. Guess how much it costs? Three bucks. Three, three freaking dollars. And it's like this <laughs> 90s, 80s kind of graphical style. It's arcade a looking freaking game. ball. Yeah. Okay, so is it's this like great. a like a roguelike type game or uh yeah you you play as like a character and you every so often you as you level up you get to pick a new weapon or you can upgrade a current current weapon um you know whatever the case may be and you just try and survive run through it's oh you can play just with one hand whatever on the side it's totally like an on the side kind of a game but (laughs) it's a blast it's really, it's like, it's like a minimalistic version of Risk of Rain. Oh, okay. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. I put on my wish yeah. list. Vampires uh, using but it's three, thing, it's $2. $3. Wait, 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 wait. Ruko, weren't, I put six you, hours weren't, on you, it. Holy weren't you really into uh, Twilight and all that? I thought oh, you, yeah. uh, you own all the oh, movies. Oh, that's right. That? You're a huge fan. <clears throat> I, uh, I paid Stephanie Meyer Signed to come to my house and, uh, have dinner with me. So. <laughs> How'd that go? So I could pick a rank. I went great. Yeah. So. <laughs> me and uh... oh man <laughs> oh let's not get on that topic okay uh <laughs> my son and i the absolute worst anyway, the that's what i was playing that's well what I see that playing. um well i was just gonna say robert pattinson is the new batman <laughs> he's and... come a long way since oh, no 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 okay. oh, no i know but i remember when he when it was first announced a lot of people were like yeah. what you know edward from twilight um, he's he's had a lot of no even after Twilight because he did like five movies right, um, but even like immediately after Twilight and for and for the decade since like he's done a lot of good movies. Well, um, so people forget he was in Harry Potter too. Right, that was, was the in, first thing he did. Right, that was. Uh, oh, was he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was and, Cedric Diggory in the fourth Harry Potter movie. Well, and even while filming Twilight, he oh. was not a huge fan of. He was not a huge fan of the the books, <laughs> the the well, the writing. <laughs> Let's just I say. mean, it's a big part, right? So okay, you got to take it. It was it was good money. <laughs> no, let's let's talk about Twilight for another twenty minutes. <laughs> on, on this episode, uh, we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose. Like, we're gonna this lose. This is your fault, Slacker. You brought up vampires, all right? You knew where this was. I'm going. trying to twist Twilight it into a Batman and... conversation, yeah. all right? I'm okay. trying to segue us. Pay uh, for effort, but it's not working. Well, okay. let me let's let me just say this. Oh, okay. Go I'm, ahead. Let me just say this: I'm excited for this. The Batman. You got now. everybody's attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we know you're excited. All right. We do know yeah. you're excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. I'm excited um, too. I heard, yeah. I think I heard it's good. terrible. You're liar. Okay, here we go. Uh, industry news, according to us. Here's our weekly recap, or our you know. Uh, oh wait, 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 recap. wait. Sorry, I have what? some news. I have some personal news that I was going to share. Uh, oh, hit us with s- it. My son and I finished uh, Luigi Ma- Luigi's Mansion three uh, yesterday. <laughs> no, how did that go? Or was it today? It might have been congratulations. Today, yeah. Anyway, it was. Uh, I've it was... never actually played one of the Luigi Mansions games. Is it good? Yeah, it's it's. All, I mean, yeah, it's it's good. I I this was the first one I played. Um, he what's funny is he he saw. I think he actually saw it over at Ruko's house because um, because There's him no him and Ruko's son were watching 
some, oh, some yeah. like some videos of people playing Luigi's Mansion. And he, for about a year and a half straight, was always asking for me to buy it. And I was like, all right, well, yeah, you know, maybe wow. maybe for Christmas. And then finally, you know, it's like Christmas came around. I was like, oh, I I gotta get this for him. And so I got it for him. And and uh, he's he did really well. I told him. Um, he, he would ask for my help, you know, occasionally and I'd say, okay, you got to die at least five times on this boss before I can help you. Cause you know, <laughs> I, I want him to try and make the effort to, to beat it. And he, and sometimes he would actually end up beating the boss that he asked for help on. Sometimes he needed my help, but, but so there was a couple, so I only played, I only sat down and played with him, you know, I don't know, 10 ish times just to help him with some things. And, um, it, once you get through the campaign a little bit, uh, multiplayer, two player co-op unlocks and it's actually pretty interesting mm. how it works uh but uh it was fun yeah we had a we had a good time together good puzzle elements uh you're progressing up this hotel that has like 15 floors and your goal instead of like you know your goal is to try to beat these bosses to get the elevator buttons and then you put the elevator buttons in so you can go to the next floor or to you know um so it was pretty fun pretty good story and uh you know my son has always liked spooky things so it was just it was a good little game for him and uh I think he enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, it's funny. Um, that's my son actually got me Luigi's Mansion for my birthday because he he wanted to play it with me, right? So that was <laughs> that's that was my birthday <laughs> present. He I get to play Luigi's Mansion with him. Yeah. Now, so yeah. No, it's well, fun. So you haven't played it yet. It's a good time. Um, and it's 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 fun mechanics. Yeah, I I'd say it's a great game to play with your kids. Uh, um, and even by yourself if you're really into you know uh Mario and Luigi and that franchise, you know it's a great game. Um. Uh, there was one one more thing I was going to say about it. Um, can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, good game. It was it was a joy to play. Awesome. Okay, let's dive into. It's it's always super cool to have like your kids start to play the games, and you're like, all right, setting them free. What? Like, my my awesome. kids. My son knows more about some of these games than I do. Like, we we've been playing uh, Super yeah, Mario. Yeah, well, you're not that World. bright, so. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, like, like he'll he, he's he's watched let's plays of of you know this game online, and we'll be going through a lot of like, Dad, Dad, you need to go back. There's a secret back here, and he has like he has all oh, the secrets memorized really? and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't know how he memorizes all this stuff. Like, I have no... He's like, Dad, it's back here. We gotta get the other star back here, or whatever. My I'm son like, was doing the same okay, thing. Okay, yeah, sure. When we were beating the last level, my son was telling me, like, this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen. I was like, alright, yeah, sure. Okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and then sure, like, everything he said that was gonna happen happened. I was like, how did yeah. you know this was gonna happen? He's like, I already saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. well, you ruined it. You know, I was like, isn't it... And I said, isn't it much <laughs> yeah. better to play it than to watch someone else play it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it was. And I was like, you know, that was. I was Look like, at us I could, old farts. I remember yeah. my dad. Right. Like, Wouldn't you rather do <laughs> well, it than? Well, I feel like the learn. whole let's play thing is is really been popularized in the last decade. So you know that was even. So that's kind of past. That's kind of something not even we really grew up with, right? It's like well, you know, we had strategy yeah. books. We had exactly we had, we had those walkthroughs. We had, you know, oh, like that's if you right. had one, then you're scum of the earth because yeah. you can beat it yourself, right? That's a uh, that's how I looked at. Well, there were some so. though that were not a bad one, like this, getting the Skyrim strategy book. That thing was a freaking textbook. Well, but some, it, like some of them were really I, detailed. I, think I had it for and, a week or two, and it came with like yeah. a map, and that was super cool. It was kind of yeah. cool to have some of those assets. And I remember, I remember the stupidest strategy book that has ever existed was the World of Warcraft strategy books. Like, they included, like, <laughs> stat blocks. And 
and you were just like the the information was like obsolete a week after it came out. Right. Yeah. It was the dumbest <laughs> that thing. That's funny. Yeah. No, I tell my son. Like I, I just tell him, you know, I'd rather you play the game, and then if you need help, you can, th- those let's plays are great, you know. Um, or watching it afterwards to see, you know. But I'm trying to convince him to just to try the games first, and and so we're we're looking at what game to play next. I mean, I I don't care if my son look. I mean, three, Super Mario 3D World is like ten year old game or almost. So I, you know, if he, I, he wants to watch the videos and know how to do everything, he still can't do ninety percent of the stuff in that game, right? He can he can beat some of the <laughs> levels, but like most of the time, I've yeah, gone through. Your son's a little younger than mine. Like he is, so, yeah, so like a couple is. years. Um, but but uh, no, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe well, you guys have different opinions. It's but just fun for me... him to see the levels being beat because he knows he can't always beat them by himself. Right. And, which is he enjoys playing. Don't get me wrong, but he he likes to. Uh, you know, he likes to at least I, I think that's why the let's play, you know, or let's plays are so popular. People get to experience the game without, without having, to, having play to, it. to without having to play it. So, yeah, no, yeah. I don't think yeah. they're bad yeah. things. I just I guess in my in my mind, it's like I if you know, I'd rather you just like if you're going to I'd rather you just play the game. Like, you know, I, I feel like it's more it's better for your yeah. experience to, to play well, it than to watch someone else play, it. especially at such a young age. If you're going to waste time, which is there's nothing wrong with just relaxing and wasting time but he you know he's a kid it's like in my mind it's like i'd rather you just play the game like i'll get you the game let's play you know um but you know i'm not saying i'm not saying he shouldn't watch let's plays but i don't know i don't know what other what other people's opinions are on it but it's you know it's an it's an interesting time because our kids are are growing up in a different era where there is so much so much media out there and so much you know these let's plays didn't exist when we were young and it's just it's interesting to like now as a parent trying to figure out okay what what is the best thing you know i don't you know i want my kid to have fun but like is this you know it's like cell phones growing up right like we didn't grow up as kids with cell phones being so popular you know but then the question comes is like how young you know what age are you going to give your kid a cell phone and and you know and yeah. anyway it's just like all these questions it's like it's just it's interesting how how different generations have to face different questions as they raise their children you know <laughs> anyway well anyway. it's just fun watching your kids play games so. right right oh i was even thinking about this the other day too that that even developers are having to change the way that they make games because can you really make secret levels and secret bosses and you know can you make a game where a meta can't possibly exist for it anymore yeah just i i think there are what's cool about this is i think that there are some challenges that developers are having are going to have to overcome i think the games that are going to come out of it are going to be freaking awesome if you could create a game where each individual's experience playing this game was truly unique that would be a really epic experience and deep it wasn't just like some shallow procedurally generated you know dungeon but it was like everyone who plays through has a very unique experience that'd be Wilderman really cool to that. watch playthroughs and play the games Wilderman kind of does kind of do that. It, it, it's, does, you know, it does. But but that you know but that here, here's the thing. I don't think they need to do that. I I think I think a culture is already developed. There's like a counterculture almost where where you know the whole no spoiler thing, right? It's like you know sure, sure. there's this there's this there's this courtesy thing now where where people recognize that you know there's so much media out there and we're talking about things and we're showing people things and and obviously if you are concerned about not being spoiled, then you will avoid those things. And it's a courtesy 
to you know to say hey you know spoiler warning before you reveal things to people <clears throat> um that you're giving media to anyway um yeah. i don't know and it's it's an interesting it's interesting but yeah it's it's uh it's easy to be spoiled now nowadays <laughs> Okay, well, hey, let's move on to our industry news, uh, according to us. So, uh, starting at the top of this in the past two weeks, uh, probably one of the biggest releases of the past two weeks was Lost Ark. Um, I know you guys had a chance to play. What, what were your give? Let's let's hear your your impressions. It's great. I I'm not even max level yet, but I mean, honestly, it's a lot of fun to play. Um, How far did you get? I I think I'm only like level 25. Uh, I'm not I'm not even that far into the game. But, I, I mean, the class is just... I, I'm playing the Berserker, and it's just a ton of fun to play. I, I, I mean, it's got that Diablo feel where you, you're kind of weaving your abilities in and, and stuff, and I, I know it gets better. You unlock new abilities. It's got a lot of... Um, the storyline's pretty good. It's got a lot of places to, to go and a lot of things to do. So, and on top of that, I mean, again, the combat is just, it's just fun. It's just a, you know, yeah. hack and slash uh, type type game and you're just running through enemies killing things fast and grouping them up and it, I don't know, it's always gratifying like I love playing Diablo for that reason where I can go and, and just annihilate a big group of enemies obviously there's harder parts of the game um, that I haven't gotten to yet but so far I've, I've really liked what I've seen it's 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 very good um, I I would say um, that I hope you know like I, I've told you guys before that I'm looking forward to uh that core punk MMO that's kind of that's also a similar top down mm-hmm. action RPG like uh, combat. If if I hope this is at, you know as good as this, honestly, the combat at least, um, because the combat in Lost Ark is is really well done. And in comparing it to Diablo, um, honestly, I prefer Lost Ark only because I feel like you ha- like. I mean, it's a little bit more methodical, right? Like that's one complaint I've always had about Diablo three, at least is that it feels a little too and, and naturally these games are going to be spammy just by their nature but if you know i i feel like this one um requires a little bit i don't know it's like slowed down a little bit which means you have to you can think a little bit more and and you're you know i don't know i i, I prefer the combat here i think it's just slightly it's like slightly different enough and it's towards the way i want it to go in these kind of games um slower combat more methodical longer cooldowns you have to you know be smart about your positioning um so yeah i i really liked it honestly and it's really deep it was deeper than i expected it to be um as far as like how you can build out your class um because you start out with a couple abilities you unlock a few more abilities and then each ability itself you can put points into to modify in some way and it's um and it goes pretty deep it was very enjoyable trying different things and and um uh the progress feels like like it feels good like it's not giving me everything at once so i i'm wanting more you know um i'm i'm wanting to level up so i can get um, unlock more things and try new things out um no it's it's good yeah i've i've really i've enjoyed it so far <clears throat> i uh um i think i have 6 hours logged in lost ark and i'm good i <laughs> I actually really actually I actually don't like it very much. It's just not it's just not my cup of tea, and and, and I'll tell you why. It's it, I like I like MMOs, 
I didn't feel like this one was was terribly much of an MMO. Maybe it, maybe I felt it was too akin to Diablo, and I liked Diablo, but even Diablo is still I can't see a ton of hours into it. That that hack and slash, super spammy. Uh, I mean, I think when I, I you know I started a character, started mm, a gunslinger, I think, and the class had like three different guns I could swap between like a, like I think it was like a rifle a sniper and a, 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 a oh yeah like a shotgun the gunslinger um and like each yeah so you know x and z to swap between your three different weapons each weapon had a total of eight different abilities and you're like doing this training ground and I'm like holy crap okay so let me set aside some time so I can actually figure out what each of these individual abilities do where the what my use case is going to be for them I'm going through you know eight 12, or <laughs> that's not how you count by 8, 16, 24 different abilities, and I'm starting the game, and it's like, that actually didn't really matter. I can just actually just hit just these two buttons and be just fine slamming through everything. It's satisfying to, like, smash stuff for a bit, yes, but I have no desire to get to end game with this game. <laughs> it just doesn't... I don't know. I feel... It's not, I have a few games that you guys love that just... I just... I couldn't be bothered. This is one that I just I couldn't be bothered. I, I I don't feel like it. I don't feel like an itched an MMO itch for me. Didn't itch an RPG itch very well for me. I was just it was a hack and slash and eh. I I I think it's I think on Steam right now it has a mixed reviews. No, it's mostly positive. I definitely I'd feel mixed <laughs> on it. I'm like, yeah, it's recent reviews is mixed, but all reviews is mostly positive. I I'm just kind of eh. I I I'm not gonna sink a ton of hours into this game. Well, it's, you know, uh, I, I, go, go ahead, Ruko, you go first. Yeah. I, I didn't say like, Oh, here it comes. Like, here it yeah. comes. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> you guys suck when it comes to MMOs. You never hit the end game. All right. Okay. Like, that's my. Okay. No, but I, I mean, it's, it, it is an MMO. I'm like, World of Warcraft. I, I know. I, 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 it's mostly that's mostly directed at Big Papa. Okay. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair. Uh, fair. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, but. Um, I was to say. I mean, the game. It only takes from whatever like twenty twenty five hours to to hit max level, which is um, surprisingly fast for an MMO. Most MMOs take absolutely forever to to level up, like especially when they're they're brand new and fresh, right? Yeah, the initial leveling experience is usually really slow. Um, so I'm a lot of the content uh, again is um, going to be end game. Like they have a lot yeah. of good end game activities and content that I'm really looking forward to. I really want to try out the raids, which is really interesting because i've never seen you know hack and slash combat uh mixed with raids yeah, before. well i think that could be fun but it goes back it's... to that thing though of like if all your really great content is behind 25 hours of playing subpar content is that poor game design perhaps well right so that's that's something i was going to say is is it definitely feels like you you got to get to end game here because it's like i already want to jump in and do a lot of group content but there's not a lot available until you do hit max level and and honestly every time i jump on a play which which you know to be honest i haven't played as much since since warhammer 3 came out because that's that's the game i've been waiting to play for a while um lost ark was kind of a thing it was like oh it's coming out i'm gonna try it everyone's hyped for it i might as well try it right and and i you know i'm not i don't love it i i think honestly though 
I'm enjoying the leveling process more than I did New World. Um, I I actually really like this. Mm, and yeah. the one thing I would say, the one thing I would say is, you know, it still has that MMO thing where I kind of get bored eventually. You know, the story's all right, but you know, you get a bunch of, you get a couple side quests, you go do them, and I don't read the quest text except for the main storyline, and then I kind of am just trying to churn through it. I'm about level 25 right now, In and I, Lost honestly, Ark, every t- you don't. I read the main story quest. I'm not. I've kind of gotten bored of oh, reading the I was saying, side like, quest. I do. I felt like no. I was freaking reading a novel. I was like, it's a, it's, it's a it's lot. Got, it's, I, it's, te- it's it's heavy. It's I'm skimming because honestly, but here's the thing. Every time me. I play, well, okay, so maybe that's part of my disconnect here. Yeah, I I every time I play and I'm actually in combat. I'm having a fun time, and I'm always, like, yeah. discovering something new. I really enjoy – honestly, I really, really enjoy the combat in this game because it's not just hack and slash. I feel like that's a little bit of a um, a mislabel because you there you can combo – you can you can you can build your character in a variety of ways, and you can combo things in this more so than I've seen. And maybe I didn't play Diablo three enough, but I swear Diablo three was definitely a hack and slash. If you're comparing it to this, um, sure, I would put this in a different you category. You can combo, but you don't have to. You don't have to to yes, kill what you, you need to kill. No, you. But in my experience, for my limited gameplay, I felt like I didn't need to, which was kind of a bummer. Like. I spent. But how and, how far did you get? How what level are you? That's, I have six hours. I don't even know. I can't remember because once I put it. You down, spent most of your time though trying out the classes, didn't you? That's your six. That's like five of your six hours, right? Perhaps. <laughs> I just, I'm. You know, when you mentioned something else that uh, I'll go back to is perhaps I'm a little burnt from New World that I'm like, I'm less likely to give it the time that it might require to really enjoy it because. Right. Because I sunk a lot of time in the new world, and I loved the combat, and I, and I enjoyed it, and it just it fell a little flat, which was really tough for me. I, I mean, I mean, coming up with a game, it's not that big of a deal. But um, with Lost Ark, I just I don't have I, I don't think I've got the patience to wait that one out to to work to to grind that one out to find that one. Out. It's got some cool things in it. It's uh, so it's not really it's just, a reflection of the game. I, I wouldn't. I, it's more of a reflection of how you your current state of mind when it comes to. I would say that type I would say game. the game is I would say the game is not good enough for me to drop what I'm doing and be like I gotta play this game. I I, I would agree that the and I I would also agree I'm I'm a little burnt out from MMOs in general um, after New World and then New World the Warcraft patch actually came out this week and New Destiny expansion came out this week like I'm just. Uh, I'm not like in the market to play other big, you know, RPG games right now. I guess yeah, is is what it is. So while I think it's a fun game and I'll be playing it on the side for sure, I'm not in any rush to hit the end game uh, right now. So. Yeah, and that's that's the exact same boat I'm in. I I don't love it. It's not like something like obviously I'm putting. I haven't played since Warhammer Three came out. You know, I and even when it was, you know, I would just kind of play to pass the time. It wasn't like something I felt like I needed to hop on to play all the time. Um, but but just looking at the game itself, I think it's good. Like I'm not I'm not you know I think the combat's good at least. Um, and I haven't tried the in game stuff, but I imagine it would be fun because of how 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 the fun I've had doing the combat. Um, I imagine I would really enjoy the end game, but but like like Ruko and you said, it's it's not my priority right now. It's definitely on the back burner just because of MMO burnout, maybe. 
Um, mm. But I've noticed, I've noticed one complaint. I was gonna, I was curious what you guys thought about it. The, the one of the biggest complaints I've seen on the forums and and reviews and whatnot of the game <laughs> is that it feels like a mobile game. And uh, for Lost Ark, uh, for Lost Ark, <laughs> I was curious I, what your thoughts are about that because I, I, ha- I've kind of developed an opinion, that, but. but um, it's far more complex than any other mobile game that I've ever played. So right, I, like, I, I, I can understand that. Like, I, I feel like Diablo Immortal is gonna be kind of like this game, not an MMO, but like, it, you know, it's gonna have kind of this. I forgot same about Diablo style, right? What well, I'm never idea. ever gonna play it. Don't you have a phone? Don't you have a phone? One of the <laughs> biggest PR disasters of all time. Oh, in gaming, see. so uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not playing Diablo Immortal, but I, like, I don't know, I, I don't play a ton of mobile games, so maybe I'm not the best person to ask about this, but I, I don't feel like it, this would be a mobile game, I don't feel like I'd be able to play I this played, on my phone. I played this, I can't remember what other MMO I played, but it was, it was, a, it, 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 it was an Eastern MMO, um, and, and it was like, you like auto-walked to all your quest markers, and then you did it, and then you auto-walked to your next, so you usually like push a button, and you walked your character automatically goes over there and like talks to the person and goes to where it's supposed to. like you could like walk away from your computer for a while and it was just sort of like auto and I was like ooh this is and I'll be honest it has a, had an extremely similar vibe and theme and feel to Lost Ark uh, it, I could I could see myself in 5 years time thinking back remembering the remembering and being like oh was that Lost Ark or was that that other game? I can't even remember what <laughs> that other game was playing. So I can see where that's coming from, and I know that um, there's a bigger push to make great um, uh, make great games on mobile on the eastern side than we have here on the, on, on the western side of the, in the, of the gaming world. Mm. That being said, I didn't think it would. I'm not a huge fan of the game, but I would never have. I would never want to play this on my phone. Well, I I just felt I I. As I thought about it, I felt like whether or not it actually feels like a mobile game, I feel like it's a dumb criticism, in, in my opinion. And, oh, that's and, fair. And because I think it's like, who cares what it feels like? If it's a fun game, it's a fun game, right? Or if it's if you don't like the game, you don't like the game, right? I feel like just this call it a mobile game, and that's and that's why you're not playing it. I kind of think that's a little a little um, dumb. I, I mean, honestly, it's just well, to be I feel honest, like when but, people say it feels like a mobile game, they just think it feels shallow. It feels. F- well, fair enough, but that's that's better the, criticism. See, I, in I my don't opinion, think it feels shallow. Than just saying, <laughs> I, well, right. I'm not they, saying it does. I'm a, just saying I think when people uh, are saying that. Well, Ruko no. plays mobile, right? Ruko plays mobile games. No, and that's I why did I was, not play mobile games. Well, <laughs> didn't you just buy a phone that was like that's like especially <laughs> oh for playing mobile games? Or no, am I it's not for playing mobile games. It's because I, you know tired of you know why have a smaller screen when i could have a bigger screen okay oh fair that's why i got the, my that's why bad ruko <laughs> <laughs> took offense I, when i said if, that if I, <laughs> so, if I'm honest, I, I, so don't get me wrong i play some games on my phone i play um like balloons td right i i play some hey, I, I yeah, like uh yeah balloons is balloons is great i i play some of the auto chess games like T- team fortress or not team, fortress, team fight tactics uh, <laughs> auto chess um you know some of the trading card games, games most... are also excellent for your phone. Yeah, I, I have Hearthstone on there. I have Legend of Runeterra on there, um, but then most of my other games are just board games that I've bought digitally that yep. I like playing. Yeah, so, me well, too. Yeah, I I think that's if I play a, if I play a game on my phone, it's usually a board game. So. Right, right. Try well, out I, I Ages, just... by the way. That's an excellent one. 
Yeah, I just I just felt like the whole labeling in a mobile game, like, and I, I I'm not saying it doesn't feel like one because it kind of does. I actually can kind of see, like you said, Slack. I can see where that criticism is coming from, but I just don't think it's good criticism in and of itself. No, I agree. I, I, you I agree with you. Anyway, anyway, that's just my opinion. But if you are looking for like a, a you know a free to play game that yeah, is Diablo like, isn't that good? But good. better yeah. Yeah, yeah, better yeah. combat, in my opinion, that I think Lost Ark is a, is is a good game, and it's um. I think it's I, I, honestly some of some of the mechanics is just they're so so satisfying to play. Like yeah. um, I would like to see more similar things in other MMOs for for class design. You know, it's just really really fun class design. Um, I play the Gun Lancer and it's 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 great. It's it's um, it's a lot of fun honestly. So I, I like the class design and I like the combat mechanics. So. All right, let's talk about our second t- talking point, which is another hot topic. Or maybe, maybe hot topic is the wrong word because we're going to be discussing something, a conversation that's a little late. Let's talk about Cyberpunk 2077 and patch 1.5 that has been updated. And with it came a slew of changes, um, quality of life, feature implementations, just a lot. And... I mean, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming from developers that we really liked from Witcher 3 and have now kind of betrayed us with the launch of Cyberpunk 2077. It was a rough launch. And now, I mean, when is when is when was its release date? Uh, it got released December 2020. So, that was over a year ago. But... So, it's taken so this major update has come out a year after a year and a couple months after its launch. Uh, yep, it's... I mean, so they they've been doing patches like this, right? Like, don't get me wrong, they they have been doing other patches beyond this one, right? This is one point five. They've done one point one, one point two, etc. Right? Um, in so they slowly been working on the game, but really what they should have done is just delay it till now <laughs> and released it, right? Um. Because if, if I'm being honest, I played Cyberpunk 2077 when it came out, and I was I was not ha- real happy with it. So um, I actually bought it on console originally and got it refunded because it was absolutely unplayable on the console. It, it was just absolutely a train wreck, and I, and I went and bought it on PC. And uh, even then, the game was just just a mess. So I'm, well, I'm glad they're fixing off... it, but I. Yeah, I held off picking I, I, it up because I saw the feedback was so horrendous. I was like, I'm not gonna buy it. I'm gonna wait. And besides, it was by CD Projekt Red. They typically have a tendency to like really deep discount their games. And guess what? It's fifty percent off. So now I'm like, mm, okay, for thirty bucks, now maybe I'll, I'll I'll give it a go. And if not now, then next year I'll get it for seventy five percent off or whatever. But so I think it deserve. I think it. De- I think the game deserves a playthrough. I. I, I it, it seems really cool. Yeah, I, I want to play it, but I don't know. But I might play it again in like five or six years when I'm. I see. But like right and now, it's I have got no like all the extra content it on it, and it's got all the things. Yeah. It did win out. Okay, and this is kind of bothers me. Uh, it won the outstanding story rich game award from for the Steam Awards in 2021. And when we get back into award seasons, we're gonna have to talk about this because this past year, I felt there were some awards and nominations that I was like, what? That doesn't make sense to me at all. And I think that they're not 
anyway, I have I have a bone to pick with them. But anyway, the point is is that update 1.5 is supposed to be a pretty significant update. It's supposed to fix a lot of stuff. Um, if, if there is a jumping point into to Cyberpunk 2077, now is a good time because it's half price and they launched that. I think that's a good little tidbit if you're a gamer. I, yeah, I, I mean, like the game again, it's come a long way. I, the story was fine. Um, the environment is absolutely incredible. I, I will say that like the, they, they've nailed the cyberpunk vibe for that game. And I was actually surprised how much Keanu Reeves was in that game. Um, but like, I, I just wasn't as gripped with the story as I was from some, you know, other games. And uh, I, I did finish it through, but I just, you know, I didn't feel the drive to finish it like I, I did with, mm. you know, like God of War or Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. That really just, you know, I, I sat down once oh, I started playing that game. Oh, we're just coming to PC. It it's already on PC, isn't it? Horizon Zero Dawn? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually both of them are on PC now. Both of them are. Uh, God of War and Horizon are, are both on yeah, PC. Yeah, I got that wish list. And the the new Horizon game just released. I, I'm not going to get to that till next month, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they release like Spider-Man like. on PC, I would be, I'm gonna be a really happy camper. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's happening. My guess is I probably really, not. really want. I, that's the, I, I will, I am so close to just buying a PS5 for whatever number it's on. I played just it. to play Spider-Man. <laughs> I, I know it. you have, but you Ugh, have I got game a PlayStation Pass. Four. I do have Game Pass. You do? Yeah. I told you I was gonna get it. I got it. it. Oh. Like. This month, top of the month. Oh, wow. oh nice! <laughs> Welcome to twenty twenty one. You bought Warhammer, man. What a sucker! Like... Oh yeah, no. I was gonna, t- I was gonna talk about that. I yeah, I did, I I did buy. Uh, I have the Game Pass, which is has Warhammer three free, but I still bought it on Steam. And you can play Zogers too. Uh huh. And I get well, yeah, because you if you buy it on Steam in the first week, apparently. You get ogres for free. By the time or this podcast comes out, it, I think it'll be late news. Uh, that's probably true. <laughs> but you know, that's some. If you pre-purchase, or I think I pre-purchased it actually, uh, like the day before. But um, I don't know. I've I've really enjoyed Warhammer Two and and Warhammer One for that matter, and I felt like paying mm. forking over the sixty bucks for Warhammer Three. Okay, so before we dive into Warhammer Three, let's do one more news piece. It's coming up. It's happening. It's very, very soon. People are going to start finally receiving emails saying you can now purchase your Steam Deck. And if you're unfamiliar with the Steam Deck is, uh, which I hope you are, but if you're not, essentially is it's a switch, but for your PC games, uh, it's a handheld device uh, that you, has your entire Steam library. That you can play on. Well, those games that are enabled to be able to be played on the Steam Deck, you can play. So you can play from from pretty much anywhere. I I am curious. Ruko, you're getting this, aren't you? No, I'm not getting one. <gasps> you're ever? not getting one. I don't know how to say ever, but I'm not planning to get one in the near future. I I have a laptop. Like that's the thing. Like I I have a laptop, and um, I just if I go somewhere, I pack my mouse don't get me wrong it'd be great to play in the car but i've i found with my switch um that i don't play it as much mobily as i thought i would mostly because i don't go places anymore uh, <laughs> yeah. right? thanks, to, thanks to covid so um i but like i think when i when i first got the switch like i played that thing 
everywhere. I played it everywhere. I played it in the car. I played it on the train. I played it on the toilet. It didn't matter, where, you know, where I was. I was playing the Switch, okay? Uh, and, you know, when, once it calmed down, um, I, I mean, I still uh, play it on road trips and, you know, on plane when I go on uh, travel by plane. But I don't go that many places anymore that I, I see the need to get a Steam Deck. Uh, just personally, so. Yeah, okay, I, I, well... I'm not planning on buying it. Uh, at least not right away. Oh, we know man. we know you travel a ton, slacker. So you. Yeah, it makes sense for, just, for you. Like, <laughs> Ruku I, I, and I are cavemen. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, that's you know, a... <laughs> you're too cheap to buy a gaming laptop, so we well, get it. Well, I know? genuinely <laughs> considered buying a gaming laptop to take with me. The issue that I have is that I already have to take my work laptop with me, so I'd have to pack. T- now I fly a lot. So I'd have to take two laptops. Everywhere I'd go, I'd have to put two laptops in two separate bins. It's just such a freaking pain in the neck. <laughs> says so the guy do, Says the guy that would bring his entire desktop <laughs> to school every day so he could play World of Warcraft. Not I just, I'm not what buying a nerd. it. Like, <laughs> I'm not buying all the complaints. Don't, why don't you uh, take your desktop with you on your road, your work work? That's what I, I don't understand, do. okay? Oh, no, it's, this is uh, honestly, this is such a, for me, this is such a slam dunk. Because my current solution is remoting into my home PC from my work laptop to play my games and stuff. Um, Because my work laptop won't allow me to download anything at all, so I just remote into my home PC. Um, But it's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So to have and so I bring my Switch with me, and that's a great that's a great solution. That's actually why I've started buying all my games digitally because I don't have to worry about cartridges. I can just I just carry my Switch with me. But there are a lot of games that I really, really love to play, and that I think I would play even more so if they were in a format like this. Like, I got one game called Battle Brothers, and it's so much fun, but it's a game that when I'm at my computer, there are other games that are definitely going to take priority. It's a very, like, kind of low scale. So, But if I had it on the Steam Deck, it would absolutely see play a lot more while I'm out and about and traveling. So um, even even just going to the office and whipping it out for, for my lunch break, like, that's such... What a great! Uh, you're not going to talk to your coworkers. No, absolutely. Wow. Okay. All right. So. No, I, I think I think the Steam Deck is a is a good thing. I think it's a cool thing. I think event I may buy it because there's you know there's times where I just want to I would like to play a, a Steam game up in my bed. You know, just like lay down and play it, or especially the small know, ones. Like, hang out in the play living FTL room. Play FTL you know. or play, you know. Right. Right. Yeah, there's just some big winners. So, I you know I. I'll, um, I mean, if you really want, you can always remote in on your phone and play FTL. That's a pretty easy game to play. Uh, from yeah, phone, but that right? is still so, that's also still like super uh, easy I've to tried do. All right, if you don't phone, want to, do I refuse anyway. to play games on my phone. Okay. <laughs> All right, why don't you just go get a you know two thousand Nokia phone, Big Papa? All right, that seems perfect Dude, for you. Playing you can literally call and text people. All right. You can play games on that one. There's a snake. That's true. I, I guess there were a few games. I own one of those phones. I played the crap out of Snake. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'm really excited about it, and we're going to start to see them hit the market uh, this month. Uh, and my reservation is Q2 2022, so I have to, got to start saving. <laughs> so that my wife is like, you bought How much are they? Much? What, what, okay, so the base one is it's $400 for the lowest tier, which is 64 gigabytes. Hmm. As I'm okay. saying that out loud, I'm realizing there's like some That's games a lot of just money. you're not even going to be able to play. Right. A lot you, of money. Like, you can't play you Warhammer can 3. 
can't play Warhammer can't, Destiny. You can't play Destiny. In fact, you could play half of Destiny. I wouldn't um, want to play that Destiny. Steam that's well, that's, you know, that's a bad decision, all right? Destiny's okay. Great, so. okay. <laughs> um, the next tier for a 256-gigabyte drive, uh, and it's an SSD hard drive, is $529, $529. And then uh, the the Big Daddy for 512-gigabytes SSD, uh, which has a premium anti-glare etched case, or sorry, glass, um, a virtual keyboard theme, whatever that means, 650 bucks. Those are... Those are- those are pretty pricey. Would you say they're pricey? Well, I, I, I would actually I mean, say they're, they're reasonable. Pricey. Oh, really? I, I, I think, think it's kind of expensive. Those are those are more expensive than most well, consoles oh. right nowadays, right? Like or, I think it's comparable to consoles. I think. Uh, they're they're well. The the high end one is definitely more expensive than a, a console, but right. You got to remember, like the Steam Deck is a portable. It's a portable console, right? It's yeah. way more powerful than yeah. Switch. And it, it's essentially trying to replace a gaming laptop, right? And this is, like, from, from what I've read and the testing that's been done on the Steam Deck so far, like, they, they're they saying, like, the performance has been great overall. So if you can buy, you know, a, essentially a gaming, portable gaming PC with a, a handheld gaming PC for 600 bucks, like, that's yeah. way cheaper than you're yeah. going to, yes. to yeah, find fair enough, a, fair enough. a gaming laptop, That's right? a good point, good point. Fair so enough. I, like I don't think it's trying to compete with consoles. It's trying to compete with gaming laptops. Right, that's a good so, point. And it's even at that price point, it's significantly cheaper. I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm I'm interested. I mean, I I may get it in the future. It's definitely like Ruka. It's definitely not a priority for me. I think it's funny how Valve like right now. I think they're in ga- they are definitely in gamers' good graces. But like you recognize that all those games that you own on Steam, you actually don't own. And that they could all be taken away from you in like a heartbeat, and so I hope that Valve continues to be good guy Valve because I even told you guys like when someday I, I gotta do this I'm gonna when have a die. will and testament when I die <laughs> I'm gonna write down my Steam password and make sure oh, you man. guys get it because well, I I'll... don't want I don't want because if you pa- if you pass away you forfeit your entire Steam library. And I've oh. always anticipated my Steam library being something that my children and my grandchildren will jump on dad's old, grandpa's old computer and, like, check out all these old retro games on there that are just, like, like, I want that to be my machine. Because I remember, this is going way back, but I remember how excited I'd be going through, like, my grandma, grandpa, my uh, uncle's attic and finding uh, a Game Boy cartridge or finding a Nintendo cartridge and be like, dude, they had games. Let's play one of these. And that was just such a cool experience. I want to make sure that that's still there for generations to come. But as soon as I die, my entire library goes back to Steam. All that money, all those, it's just gone. It's just gone. And that's kind of a bummer. That's just the reality of buying digital games. And maybe we'll have to have a bigger conversation on digital versus physical goods as it pertains to the gaming world. I but I prefer, to, you know, I prefer physical, period. Um, but... Like it's so much more convenient to buy digitally, and mm. like, like especially I find me do myself doing this on the Switch. Like even if I could buy the game physically, I just end up buying it digitally because then I don't have to, re- you know, take out the cartridge, reinsert the cartridge, just go click on the icon. Kids the take the cartridge, they lose them. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, like that's not a huge thing. I know I'm complaining about something so small as uh, that, and don't get me wrong, the cartridges can break, um, and. They can degrade and no, you uh, just blow on them. Happen to them. Just right. Blow on them. Yeah. Have you ever tasted? Have I, you ever tasted one of their cartridges? 
but which is but I I I mean I agree with you. Like I always I don't think anything is gonna happen to my game light right before I die. I I understand like when I die, you know, my game library goes bye bye. But honestly, at that point, like people are like my children if they like gaming, they're probably gonna have their own game library. And my grandchildren, if they like gaming, they'll probably have their own game library too, or or that use their parents, right? I'm not overly worried about passing it on to huh. somebody else, I guess. Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like I feel like my game library and the hours that I put into it is sort of like almost a representation of my persona, like the games that I loved, the games that I've logged tons of hours on. Like it, it really is sort of like a snapshot of me as a person and the kind of entertainment that I really enjoyed. And I, I think that's that's a cool snapshot to have that I'd love to pass on. Agree to disagree. Yeah, I, I I totally see the merit in what you're talking about, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I'm just. I guess I'm not super worried about losing my Steam account. So I or Steam going under. I mean, even if they went under, I I'm sure that it's be, they're probably getting bought out by someone else, and all your stuff is still going to be um, valid. I actually am really hoping one day uh, Epic Games store goes under and Steam buys them out and all the free games they gave me on Epic Games just get transferred <laughs> over to Steam. That'd be Ooh, great. we call that the pipe you know? dream. <laughs> right, oh. <yeah. laughs> Okay, like, who knows, in, in 10 years when nobody cares about Fortnite anymore and Epic Games just dies, you know, maybe that'll happen, but who knows. So. Alright, well, let's dive into our official game dive, which we've hinted at a bunch this episode. We're talking Total War Warhammer 3. Um, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to read the, uh, I'm going to read the steam, uh, the, the words on steam. Hang on. Let me pull it up. I'll edit this part out. Hang on. Okay. So the words on steam for, for the game, the cataclysmic conclusion to the war, to the total war Warhammer trilogy is here. Rally your forces and step into the realm of chaos a dimension of mind-bending horrors where the very fate of the world will be decided. Will you conquer your demons or command them? And the Total War series is, if you haven't played them yet, is a phenomenal series where it's a mix of an RTS army management game on top of a global area control campaign map. It's, it's, it's an excellent grand strategy kind of a game. Um, and if you're familiar with the Warhammer universe at all, we're now in the third iteration, and there's just about anything that exists in Warhammer Fantasy is in, officially at this point is in the game, and almost, almost. Oh, yeah. oh, so Total War Warhammer introduced. You can now play as different factions, and those factions they've now included are the four different demon gods, which are Nurgle, which has like I mean they've each got their own like flavor or uh or, or theme if you will so you know nurgle is like this this plague ridden really gross kind of group of guys um the siege siege how do you say am i saying that Sinch. right siege yeah or are very tr- you know they're very trickery very um you know unpredictable um then you have the the slanesh which are very seductive which lure people in and then you have uh, the, the classic Corn, which is the blood god, who just revels in blood and 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 in uh, combat. And and combat. You have a couple of human factions in there as well. Uh, the Kislev army, which is like Russians with polar bears and in this ice ice wasteland, uh, and Grand Cathay, which is sort of your 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 Chinese um, 
Japanese sort of esque f- feel. I don't know theme. Um, that They're specifically guards, themed off the Chinese, yeah. Yeah, which guards a great wall that you're trying to protect, which barriers themselves away from these realms of chaos. So th- that's sort of like your premise stepping into this game, and it has this, this cool little storyline that you're sort of following, and you can play these different factions. Um, and we've been playing it. So we're going to talk a little bit about our first impressions, uh, give a little bit of a review of it, how we felt, because we, we sat down uh, for our first play session and we actually kind of struggled even getting into a multiplayer game of it. Which, by the way, this is the first uh, Total War Warhammer game where you're able to play with more than two players. Which, uh, you know, Big Pop and I had played a lot of Total War uh, Warhammer 2, and we were always kind of bummed that we couldn't play with more people because we thought wouldn't that yeah. be epic. And now we can't. We can play with up to eight people on one simple campaign. Um, well, I told you, too. I remember telling you that I, I said if they if they had better multiplayer options in this game. I think it would be one of the like one of the best strategy games out there. That was my opinion obviously, but I I'm really really happy they introduced that with Warhammer 3. So is it now? Is what now? Sorry. Is it the best is it the best strategy game out there? I I think I well uh um <laughs> I think as a conglomerate yeah, the trilogy is amazing. Um because uh I think Warhammer Three is is you know I'll I'll just say I I really enjoy it. It's obviously got some bugs. It's obviously not not necessarily complete. Um, it, it you know we're talking about CA who any large studio now will release incomplete games and then patch things as they go and introduce more content. CA tends to do it through DLCs that you have to purchase. Some of them are free. Some of you have to purchase. You know, but for 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 what you're getting. I know that's one of the biggest complaints in the community is is you know is is that model, but it's such a good game for me. It's uh, I don't buy all the DLC, but it's worth it to buy what I want, and it's such a fun experience. Yeah, I, honestly, I I think it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite strategy game currently um, out there. Yeah, Creative Assembly has that sort of I don't know if business but maybe maybe development trend with it. Um, so does Paradox uh, Interactive. Uh, there's a couple other ones um, now, CD Projekt Red, where it is it is a slow burn, right? Like they they will be developing Warhammer three for a few years, and I think they kind of anticipate that, so they've they they kind of pace themselves. Warhammer two is fan freaking tastic right now. It's really oh, yeah. really good, and there's tons and tons of options. And I think stepping when we started playing Warhammer three, I was like, oh huh. There's a lot of little bugs and a lot of little, like, quality of life thing. First of all, there's a lot of quality of life improvements. But I also, I noticed, I was like, this is not as clean of a game as Warhammer 2 was. But I have no doubt that it will eventually get to that point. Yeah. Um, because they, they really do labor of love their games. They, they spend well, a lot of time on each game they well, release. And, and the bugs we're seeing will get fixed. I mean, they will definitely fix them. In fact, that's what they'll be doing initially is fixing all these bugs. Um, but, yeah, you know, Warhammer 2 came out five years ago, I think. I think it was 2017. I can't remember. I didn't I wasn't, I wasn't. didn't buy it when it first came out. Um, but from what I've heard from other people that have played, did play Warhammer 2 on release, um, it's very much the same situation, right? It was very much... Um, you know, buggy and not a, not a ton of content. Um, but I mean, even with what the content you're getting, I mean, you're talking eight different unique factions, um, a, a, a fully fledged campaign. That's actually pretty fun. Although we'll have to talk a about campaign it a for bit, but each faction 
for each faction. Yeah, a fully fledged campaign. They, they, they place. They have different starting locations and whatnot, but it's it's relatively the same kind of campaign that they're they're going through. Um, and then, you know, full multiplayer. That's still a little buggy, but it's there. And with more, as we've discussed, more players. So honestly, it's it was worth it for me to to fork over the sixty bucks for this game, just because I love Total War. Uh, the design of the you know Total War games are just awesome in my opinion, but I also love Warhammer fa- Fantasy. I love the theme mixed together. It's just yeah, it was worth it for me. Well, let me gush on this just a little bit. One of the coolest parts I think is the diversity in how the different factions actually play their campaign game, because you know we played our multiplayer game. I was playing as is the Chaos Demons Corn. And they were just a a steamrolling death machine, which was so cool. And they had this ability where every time I sacked a city, if I just leveled it, just absolutely leveled it, um, then the Chaos Gods would show me favor and grant me a whole new freaking army that I could run around with. Um, and then in a single-player game, I pl- I've, I've put probably 25, 30 turns into Grand Cathay. And they have this yin-yang sort of approach where every major lord, every building is either geared yin or geared yang, and I have to try and balance that because if I can get it right in the middle, my faction is so much more potent and stronger, so I'm trying to balance that well. At the same time, I'm trying to defend this massive wall from incoming chaos attacks, and it just feels so different. Same game, totally different campaign feels, um, totally different army feels, that each army feels very unique and different. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. I knew I would. If I'm being honest, I, I knew I'd really like this game. Um, I am a little disappointed in the level of bugs. Uh, I know, Urugo, you kind of complained about this at 1.2, where sometimes your your units will uh, yeah. not move out. like you want them to. They, yeah. I, I'll be like, hey, go attack this thing. They're like, cool. Great. Just uh, I'm just going to stand here instead. <laughs> so uh, I actually you know, saw the same thing. Reason. I, 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 I see another unit attacking already. You know, I'm just going to I'm just going to chill. All right. <laughs> like, let them take care. I like, think that might have to do with like fatigue or some, something's not working correctly, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I other than that, I mean, that's really the only the, the big bug that I've run across. Um, I, I think most of the, the or the rest of the game has been working pretty good. I'm not obviously happy that that i mean that's kind of a big bug in my opinion because it doesn't always you know it's definitely had an effect on the battles i've had so far but um you know i I don't think it's necessarily changed the result of a battle but like it, it is pretty annoying to like the whole point of the rts section is to be able to micromanage your units pretty well and make them attack certain things at certain times and, uh, you know, or have certain units attack other uh, certain units and, uh, and things like that. Not be able to do that is, is a little frustrating. Mm. What, so what what do you... Um, I was actually curious your thoughts, Ruko, since oh, you okay. haven't so, played a ton of so I, I will, yeah. And, and I think that's important to know. I didn't even get into any of the Warhammer or Total War Warhammer games until... Uh, like late last year, November or something, I think I picked up Warhammer 2 when it was on sale um, and started playing it. Um, and I, I think I've, I have I like the game a lot, but I think I went in with the um, expectation that this is going to be a super in-depth 4X game, which it is not, right? It's it's not yeah. right. super... It's It's got the 4X components, right? And uh, the turn-based 
feel and, and things like that like from other forex games but that's I, that's the wrong way to evaluate uh, this game and i think once i've changed my expectation i've enjoyed the game a lot more right yeah. it's, a, it's it's more of you kind of have these forex elements so as as a means to build up your army right and build up all these different armies and and and, do, and that's really what the, where the game shines right it's you get to build up your armies and i i will say right now i am loving playing nurgle like the new, <laughs> new factor the nurgle are awesome like and i don't know if the, how strong they are compared to the, some of the other factions but like it's just fun being able to spread plagues around and uh being able to like my buildings work totally uniquely i don't ever have to upgrade them i don't uh, the way i recruit things is totally different and um from other factions and like that that's fun i think that they've done a phenomenal job with the factions i've read up on some yep. of the other factions i haven't played and i i think it's just like it, it feels really fun to to do these mechanics in the game itself so well i'll tell you like i've been mo- mostly focusing on Siege. um i've been getting pretty deep into a campaign with uh with them and having a lot of fun. I've tried a little slash, but I, but I'm just like, I'm excited to try. It's hard. For, I, I'm like, I got to beat the campaign with Siege before I do anything else because I want to try all the other factions, you know? And so it's like, I'm looking forward to trying the ogres. I'm looking forward to trying Nurgle. Like every new faction is a, brings a different experience to the game. And, and like Ruko said, they are very unique in how, how they, they play. Some, some are more interesting than others, perhaps, you know, to me, but you know, everyone has their own different, styles or ways they like to play and so i'm, I'm really mm. looking forward to to trying out the other factions but going back to what you said about it not being this you know 4x um you know the the, the thought that came to my mind was yeah it's not really it's not really sandboxy right it's, it's not, not it's, it's not, not a, a four, it's it, it it's doesn't not, have that sandbox really element game. right yeah like right. It, like there's no there's not really a lot of exploring right the map is the same every time you start mm-hmm. the same spot every time like there's no there's no exploring and there's limited exploitation you can do especially early game right i mean you you definitely and, and you're building up your economy but there's not like complex no it's not super right. deep right. it's yeah, very it's, it's, it's pretty not. simple and and that's fine like as, as yeah. long as you know going into the now knowing that now and you know changing my expectation of, of what i thought it would be right um the game is is, is great i i would say I love it so. i would say it reminds oh. me more so of you remember i think we talked about this in an earlier episode but age of empires 2 had an opening cinematic where there's two kings playing chess and as they move a piece across the board those pieces in real life like they move knights from one piece on the board to the next and it cuts over to those knights like like traversing through a valley to a specific spot that's kind of what like that is what Total War is. You're you're moving kind of chess pieces more so on a yeah. grand map, uh, and then yep. as you move them, you make a connection. Then you actually zoom into the battle and you fight those battles. So, I wanted to, yeah. it, well, I wanted to speak to that too a little bit more. It is I I I, prefer, I I like the way Total War does it because what it's really doing is it's focusing it's putting the focus on the battles right because you know the the campaign it just becomes like a you know. A, a way to facilitate growing your armies and then fighting those with those armies, right? And and yeah, there's some depth to it, and it's fun, um, and it feels like a chess match. I agree. Um, it's it's not it's not poorly done. It's just no. not complex, it, it, right? Just, Compared and, and to other sandbox going, builders, right? they're, they're not advertising this as a four right. game, right? So, and 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 that's fine. I think the way they do, but it I I awesome. like that they separate the economy and the building of your empire 
from the battles. That's what I love about Total War games in general, is that you are playing on this big campaign map and you're 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 it's turn based and you're you're commanding your armies to go to different places and you're building up your your buildings and your settlements and you know your all that management aspect of it is in one side of the game and then when you go into battles it takes you to a separate instance and you fight your battles in real time and i like that because that's one thing i you know i love age of empires it's a classic it's one of you know one of those games that'll always have a place in my heart but i am not a fan of combining management with combat at the same time maybe i'm just not good at it i you know i feel like if i put enough time into it it's something i could get good at but i I never it's that it's that like pressure (laughs) that stress of constantly like you're you're micromanaging a ton of stuff at once and i'd rather just focus on the army i'd rather you know and that's one thing i like about total war is is i like that the battles are self-contained and then the management aspect of it is is in a turn based. It's it's just fun and it's kind of seamless. It, you know, you you pop in and out of combat and you go back to the management side of things. And um, there's there's it gives it does give you a lot to do. But yeah. Anyway, that's one. I like the formula. I don't know if you guys agree, but that's that's why I think Total War hits the spot for me, and especially Total War Warhammer because I love the theme. Um, one thing Slacker and I, <laughs> I I I don't know if I'll ever go back to playing any other total war game like one of the historical ones um just because i warhammer hits all the buttons for me because you know you have flying units you have magical units you have all the different types of units you could possibly hope for so you can play like you can experience so many different types of battles that you couldn't ever do in a historical setting now obviously the historical settings have their place and they're you know they're fun to go through um if you're into that but i just for me it's just like Warhammer hits all as well. So that's why I would say Warhammer Total War, uh, especially 3 with the new multiplayer, is is one of my favorite um, strategy games of all time. No, I, I, I agree with you. It, it, is, it is really, really excellent in that it takes micromanagement and macromanagement and separates them into two buckets. So you get to do both, but you don't have to do them at the same time which most RTSs are going to force you to do, to do both macro management and micro management at the exact same time. Um, StarCraft II, Age of Empires, and those, it's kind of how that sandbox right. they live in. And yes, this is, this is different. It, it, it does do it differently. I love being able to do the battles. In fact, I would say, like, uh, we also, you know, Ruko and I are big fans of a game called Stellaris. When you do battles oh, in that Stellaris. game, you just kind of, you kind of let the, it kind of just auto-resolves itself. And Warhammer could have done that. It could have just auto-resolved these battles for you, but instead, it's actually the crux of the game. It is what makes it shine so, so beautifully. And my favorite Total War game is actually, from when I was a kid, I played um, Medieval Total War. And it was the first time I had, like, lines of infantry and, and cavalry and trying to chase them down. And, and I, oh, gosh, I remember trying to, I, was, I mean, hey, I, whatever, I'm a nerd now. I was a new nerd when I was a kid. Getting like uh, uh, the art of war, <laughs> and like reading a couple <laughs> verses, be like, I'm gonna apply this in my next game. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, that's awesome! <laughs> but it was just, it was, it was so, uh, it, it's, it was so, it's so thematic, and and almost, uh, almost accurate in the way you would actually push these armies against each other. And there's to me, there's a huge draw to that. There's yep. a huge draw that 
I actually put my archers in front of my infantry so that they can get the shots off first. And then my infantry will then move in front of my archers to defend my line. My line needs to be long enough that my flanks don't get attacked. I'm going to put cavalry on my flanks to try and wrap around my enemy unit and smash into their missile units. You're implementing and, real strategies, yes, right, that, that you would do in real life. And that's that awesome. That is so cool that you get to do that in a video game. That is what I want to do. When I play my tabletop war games, this is what I'm looking to emulate, and it does it really, really, really well. Um, that's what we wanted in 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 New World, <laughs> in the New World battles, right? It's, it's like ex- that's um, exactly right. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, we won't go into that rabbit hole, but I just it's it. I agree with you. I agree with you. That's it's so, awesome to have that in a video game. So I like that, and you know, we we're our game dives are obviously probably going to end up just being a whole bunch of like we really love this game because they're we're playing the games that we we enjoy playing. Um, but I love Total War as a franchise as a game type, and I think that. Uh, it took me a while to warm up to Warhammer as a theme, um, but once I did, I absolutely fell in love with it, and um, and I started really kind of connecting with some of the characters and some of the lords in there, and I was like, this stuff is my jam. I really, really enjoy this, um, and now having those chaos gods being introduced, these these villains, this, and you're playing as them, I'm like, this is awesome. Like, someday I hope they do a Total War Lord of the Rings, and you get to play as, you know, the Elves of Mirkwood, and you get to play as, oh. you know, the, the, the Rohirrim, and you get to play as as, as, as Isengard and as, as Mordor. Uh, like, those would be really Slacker, epic. I gotta interrupt. Do, have you never played the battle for, Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle-Earth? No. Oh, man. Uh-oh. I was actually Uh-oh. gonna bring that Uh-oh. up. Dude, you gotta, it's, it's, it's old school now. But that was probably one of my. That was I. Whoa, whoa, you know, whoa, before, whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, What's it called? Battle uh, from Middle Lord of the Rings, the well, Battle yeah. from Middle Earth. So um, there was two of them, and then they came out there. So there was a there was one, and you literally got to play as either Rohan, Gondor, um, uh, Saruman, or Sauron. And, and so there were four different factions, and you oh, got to play through. This is an old game. Oh, it's old, but it was amazing. And it actually did the similar formula with Total War, where a lot of the macro management was separate from the from you would go if I remember correctly, you would go into the battles and play the battles out, but then the macro management happened in a separate in a you know, in a separate bucket and you know, outside of the battles. And it was it was simplified compared to you know, like like Age of Empires, but it was still awesome. And the battle you literally got to play the battles of the Battle of Helm's Deep. The Battle of Ministeria. Oh, that's like, so cool! Like, it was amazing, dude. That was that was that was one of my favorite games growing up, and I actually I I completely forgot about it until now. Um, but I might have put that on my list actually had I remembered. Um, I played that. I played the crap out of that game. That I per, I had more fun with that game I'd say than than Age of Empires just because I preferred the formula um, no, of separating macro from micro. Holy smokes! Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, that's that's a classic. Um, Ruko, did you ever play that game or hear about no, that game? No, I didn't. Oh my gosh! I, I heard, was... I've heard of the game, and I, okay. but I, I never played it. Highly recommend it. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if you can even get your hands on it. Like I, I haven't heard about that game in a long time. But that was a. I'm sure I could copy. I, I mean, that's somewhere. like mid 2000s. That game came out yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna find it down. I, I'm like sure it's on CDs. I don't, I don't know if it's on Steam or something, but no. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Well, Good, good stuff. Well, let's put a wrap on our on our deep dive. We want to uh, keep keep moving along here for the, with our next topic. Were there, were there any final thoughts that we wanted to offer on 
uh, Warhammer 3 Total War. I mean, we're, we'll, we'll probably... I'd like to report on it one more time as we kind of keep playing through our campaign um, and see how the next two weeks kind of evolve. Uh, but for now, my impressions have been really positive. So I, I will say this so that we don't always, you know, just say how much we love the game. Um, as a newer player, I think the tutorial is a bit lacking um, on some of the you know details of things that you you really should know for um for your battles and I, I'll, I'll give you an example like um you know they, they go over the basics of you know you want you, you don't want your range to get flanked by cavalry right and you want spearmen to to be on the front line to attack cavalry or position them right they they go over that that basic strategy but like you know, with all the factions being unique, they don't really go into a ton of the details with um, what, you know, the, the factions are bringing to the table, right? Like, what makes my infantry unit different from the enemy player's infantry unit, right? Mm. What what makes mine unique? And that, that's not something they really del have delved into, at least um, my time playing in the campaign, right? I don't so, think they will either. Right. Um, and, and, and you know what the, and, what the worst part is? Is like, this is actually probably the best they've ever done. The, 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 I, the like, this is yeah. significantly better than other iterations well, of Warhammer. I, I, I agree. Like, don't worry. I, when I played the Warhammer 2 tutorial, um, I was, I wasn't playing a super complicated faction. And so, you know, it, it basically went over the basics of, of that game for me. And, and that was, that was great. But like, you know, I, I didn't I didn't understand um, exactly why, uh, you know, how, how well, I guess with the Nurgle right now, like the Nurgle poison, they have a lot of poison attacks. And I don't really know exactly how much that does, how much that actually contributes to um, what I'm doing in the battle or if there's ways I can exploit that or, or something like that. Mm. Now, somebody I'm sure knows and has figured that out, but I, I've had to spend a, a large amount of time outside of the game um, looking into things that I feel like should be in the game, especially yeah. with the things that are unique to the faction. Uh, like, for the long, for the longest time, I could not figure out how to recruit units to my army. Um, and, like, there's nothing... At least maybe I I'm totally missed it. But nothing in game that told me, oh, you have to wait for your buildings to cycle through, and each time they cycle, they give you another one of the units, and then once the unit is is available, then you can actually recruit it, right? Like that's that's a unique thing to the Nurgle, but I don't feel like that was emphasized well. They they talked about the the buildings rotating and things like that, but I I maybe I missed this, but I I didn't see this information about why can I not recruit. Did you do... Why did I run out of, of being able to recruit a certain unit? I have the building right here. How come I can't recruit it type thing? You know. Did you do a solo campaign or did you only did. play the multi... Okay, so... Yeah, so I... In, in, again, like it goes over some of these things in, in the solo campaign. Um, right. Like it Like when it talks about spreading the plagues, it doesn't... It doesn't exactly tell you how you know your your plagues get spread it just tells you that there's a chance they can spread from a unit yeah. from a city right and that's another thing like i i was i'm curious okay well what's the chance of the spreading or you know is there another way i can increase the chance of it spreading or or something like that like the, the information is sparse it tells you oh you can spread it if you go to battle and that's a gar the only guaranteed way and i'm like okay well <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the base chance of this is. I don't know, um, you know, 
is it going to be worth me using this limited resource I have to create plagues now? Or, you know, do I need to get in better positions? Or how are, does are you position aware, affect plagues or things like that? Are you aware of, like, the in-game, like, encyclopedia that yeah, they have? Yeah, I've, okay. I've read, uh, again, I read through, but it's, again, it's not... I'm not, def it's not defending the game. I'm just asking, okay. just try to get make sure I yeah, understand no, I, the context. I have, so, because they, they, they do... They do bring up the little tutorial and then they have links to the in-game cyclopedia and i click on those and i'm like okay great you didn't tell me <laughs> you still didn't tell me what yeah. the information i was I it's was not i i would definitely agree that like like especially total war warhammer I, i'm not I, I don't recall for any of the other games but i would i would definitely agree that it's not very new player friendly um, at all, uh, it, there's so much. There's so much depth to this game, though, and that's that. Right. So, well, so in, right. in a way, a it's a plus in the battle, and right. that's and that's the, right. the the problem is I don't the in game doesn't give me the information to to go in the depth. It gives me the basics. Yeah. Right. It tells me how to build build things up and do the macro management, and then it tells me the very basics of of combat. But like, I don't necessarily know the finer details that would allow me to be better or improve at the game right yeah that's fair i mean i i, I can't say that they they do a good job teaching that and and um there is so much depth to the game that even now like i i haven't played it i don't know how many i think i think i i don't remember how many hours i sunk into warhammer 2 but um even i haven't played i haven't sunk nearly as much hours as a lot of other players and but even having sunk more hours into the game than than you, there's still so much crap that I'm learning every time and relearning. And especially when you have all these new factions on top of that, there's you know there, there's there's so many little nuances you 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 just don't learn from <laughs> the game just doesn't tell you you know right. and and so it's a difficult game. But I honestly in a, in a one way in my opinion it's also a positive to it is it's just. It just kind of goes through the complexity and the depth of the game is that there is so much to learn, and well, a lot of it comes with experience, you know. And I'm fine with complexity and depth like that. Like I, I like game. I feel like this game is actually pretty. It's a game that's pretty easy to learn, but difficult to master, which yes. is mm, yeah. which is I great. I, I think that's that's those are the best kinds of games in general. But um, but not having the information on how to master the game I think is is more of the problem uh that that well, I maybe, have with it right maybe now. it's not easy to learn maybe maybe well, maybe no, what again, we're saying I, is it's I, well, is it's, the, the basics are are, are there right, you can kind of yeah. click and drag and right click to move and do that stuff but sure. but but even then there's so much underneath that layer of like you know what's the right move to make and what's the you yeah. know well, that, and again, I think that that comes oh. in as part of the the mastery of the game, right? Like it's oh. super easy. The tutorial is like, oh Fair yeah, enough. you build this building and it gives you more income. Oh, right. That's great because that means I can build more units for my army, right? And the tutorial is like, you know, your spearmen are going to be really good against cavalry. Oh, okay, great. I mean, those are simple, easy things to learn. I, that's why I think the game is is fairly easy to learn. Um, but but it's, uh, when it's giving you a decision, but I, like, I do want... you want to hire crossbowmen or right. do you want to hire bowmen? Well, and you're like, well, right, yeah, you know, Why what's, is there a what's what's the difference, right? You know, yeah. and you can look at their stats and 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 see why, but you know, it doesn't necessarily tell me how does this stack up against another unit or another faction, or or you know, that's something you maybe you have to just play those factions to learn by yourself. 
um and and i i guess I'm, i'd be okay with that but like for instance the poison mechanic that i'm talking about with the nurgle on their attacks i don't even know i did, i assume it does damage but i don't actually know what it does because as right. far as i can tell it doesn't tell me and um i so you know i i'm fine going out to external resources i just wish there was more internal resources for it um because again i think the I, people have already put stuff up on the you know Warhammer Wikipedia, and it's been yeah. very helpful, and uh, and that's great. So anyway, well, that's, so that's I, I think this is a minor complaint overall. No, yeah, like this, the game is great. It's so. a justifiable one, though. Um, I, I have just two more things to say about the game, Slacker. If that's all right, um, I uh, one has to do with multiplayer, and one has to do with uh, the campaign itself. Um, one first, I'll talk about the multiplayer. Just criticism. One minor thing is I, we haven't played much of it. Uh, it was buggy for us at first, and, and this is just for anyone that's pl- trying to do crossplay. <laughs> um, I'm playing. I was playing on Steam, and Slacker and Ruka were playing through the Game yeah, Pass, and and we were we were having lots of disconnection issues. I couldn't even join their game, uh, like very easily at all. I had to get lucky. Um, so it was that was kind of rough, and I hope that gets patched out. I'm sure it will. Um, but one thing, and, and we haven't played a ton of multiplayer yet, but this is one thing that I'm, I'm thinking I'm not going to like is, okay, it's great that you can play with, with, um, you know, eight players. That's awesome. I've always wanted that in this game. I don't know how, <laughs> how feasible that is though, because with the nature of, um, you know, war, total war games, you, you know, ev- everyone takes simultaneous turns, which you have to do. You have to do that. Otherwise, you'd be so slow um, to wait for your turns. But with everyone taking their turns, as soon as someone initiates a battle, it pauses the game for everyone. It stops the game for everyone, and then a menu pops up for everyone to join the battle or not or spectate. Um, so there's a couple issues I have with this. One, I don't know if I'd want to play with more than like four players at this point just because of how – like <laughs> trying to every, – every time I open a menu to do something and then like – someone initiated a battle and it like closed the menu for me and I had to go back and remember what I was doing after the battle and that just kind of it's just like that interruption in the game can be a little annoying um I'm willing to deal with it because I want multiplayer I want more players in in these campaigns so it's 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 a minor complaint mm -hmm. but that's that's just one aspect of it is like sometimes people will have multiple battles in a turn and so you're literally getting back in there and then initiating another battle everyone has to stop and get back in that battle Mm -hmm. and you know even even we were like starting to spectate some of the battles because we were like I don't want to fight in every battle it's like you know I there's um which is great I wish there was an option to like I wish the battles were in instance in a way that you know you can choose to join the battle or not and then if you're not you can continue looking at stuff in the aqua in the um overview in the map overview so like if slacker starts a battle and ruko decides to fight as the enemy and i decide to sit it out they can go they can do the battle instance somehow and i can just play and i don't know if that's how feasible that is but i would have preferred something like that because then it allows you to um, like I don't literally have to load in and spectate uh, every time if that was the case. But but unfortunately, if I don't want to do anything but just sit there, I have to spectate and load into the battle and watch that, or get up and go get a you know a drink or something. But 
That's one complaint. Again, I'm willing to put up with this kind of stuff because I love that there's multiplayer, but you're definitely going to want four to eight willing participants that are willing to put up with that kind of stoppage, you know, um, because they love the game. So anyway, those are just a couple minor complaints that I have with the the multiplayer. Um, anyway, I don't know what you guys think. No, but I, well, I, so I, I was just – those are definitely valid. I do have uh, some – small counterpoints and that is like if you're like if you're taking a battle i mean aren't you already getting interrupted and have to go back to the macro management and remember what you were doing anyway like if it's your like it's different no i i I disagree because if i'm initiating a battle i'm clicking to initiate that battle i know exactly what i'm doing i'm not doing i'm not reading something else or trying to decide something right it completely throws you out pulls you out of that yeah that's that's fair that's that's a very minor that was the i mentioned that one first because that was the minor of the other ones i would i would say yeah Um, you know i'm willing to put up with that i i think if you you know if you play bigger multiplayer games, you have to auto resolve a lot more battles, or you're just never gonna get through the game. And you have right. a higher level I, of patience as it is. Right. Yep. Well, and you know people don't like. I understand not wanting to auto resolve um, a lot of battles because you can pretty much always you always perform better if you do do your own battle battles right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Pr- for the most all. part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For for the most part, you're you're going to perform better than the predicted outcome of uh, or the auto resolved outcome, right? Um, right. Even if it's just saving units health or potentially even saving individual units themselves. Uh, so you would probably have to be okay, you know, auto resolving more and taking more damage on your units or whatever if you wanted to mm-hmm. play some of these big ones. Because like you said, there's just no. Wait, well, you never get through it. It's a like game. you feel bad. <laughs> it's think. like it's like you're like, oh gosh, I really want to fight this battle, yeah. but it's a very minor battle with like ha- like two small armies. Right. It's like and you're I feel bad dragging anyway, my my but... friends into this, even yeah. though I really want to fight it. You know, it's like ah, you well, know, you're, some of you're those trying you can't to play avoid. optimally, right? And right, exactly, it, right. And you you don't, you know, it's kind but of imagine... crappy to to play suboptimally just to keep the game going, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it can be a little, again, it's something I'm willing to accept because I love the game and I want to play with more players, but it's just, it's something that people are going to have to realize is going to be, you know, if, if every player is having one, you know, even two battles a turn, you know, here's, you're, you're, that one turn is going to take a long time to get through unless you're auto resolving. (laughs) You know, and I, I think I'm okay with it because I don't really see a better way. I like, I understand your idea to be able to keep doing your turns and i i think that that would be and that only fix a small thing that's right. not even a and it, right it's not gonna save a, a ton of time it might you know because a lot of times what um, it could do what you a could lot of do, turns you're not doing anything right a lot of times right. you might just be doing one thing but imagine your turn. imagine if if the battles were instance imagine yeah. you slacker initiates a battle and he goes off and does that battle and then right. i initiate a battle yeah. on the same turn and i do an instance battle as well so we're doing the battles doing at the, the same, same time, time. Yeah, rather than if you try one at a time. time wait until after i initiated my battle to then initiate yours so that i wouldn't be your enemy and you could just have an easy win against the ai cuz <laughs> well see but you would do. that's a fair that's fair but i would <laughs> i would say that you know for the sake of saving time it's better that way anyway. Like, you know, Perhaps. but you're right. You, you know, people could be sneaky and try to avoid having to play against their, their, their player opponents, which will definitely give well, you, you a harder You never battle. have <laughs> to, you never have to play against them, right? It's always a player's choice. So, right. um, I don't know. Like, I, 
I, I'm actually glad that they allow you to take control of the opposite faction. I actually think that's a really good idea that they um, it's awesome. put in, right? Yeah, it's awesome. The AI, right? uh, that's one you, thing in Total you War can Warhammer. Actually you can help defeat your enemy in a battle they're that you're not even actually involved in, right? Right. You know? And I think that's and, I think that's cool. But. One other criticism I would say in, in the game as a whole is the AI can be pretty dumb. Even in like the hardest <laughs> difficulties, yeah. it can be pretty dumb. So having an opponent to play against will it will improve you'll it's just better, you know. Um so all right, one last thing I just wanted to say on this uh um is one of the biggest criticisms I've seen so far just watching some of the reviews of the game is that the campaign, uh, some of them, so the campaign, you're trying to get these uh, souls from the different chaos realms. And so you have to go to four different chaos realms, and each realm has this like little mini puzzle game or, or mini game or something you have to do. Um, and before, before you do this final battle, and then you get the soul. Um, once you get all the souls, you can do the final thing. Anyway, um, one of the biggest complaints I've seen with the reviews is that it's very punishing it's a very punishing mechanic and they don't like how how punishing it is to go through the realms because every time you go through a chaos realm you're getting some negative modifiers to your your armies or your um civilization and then you have to like do a bunch of different battles and it's it's just it hurts it hurts to get one of these souls um I I've gotten one so far in my campaign that I'm doing solo and I enjoyed it. I really actually enjoyed it and I didn't think the negatives were that bad. I'm playing on normal difficulty so maybe there's that but I just, you know, wanted to throw out there that I um I don't know, I'll, I'll play through the campaign and see, but it's just it's I feel feel like the listeners should know that that's one of the biggest complaints is how punishing the campaign can be and it it, it would discourage multiple playthroughs. But you know, so far I haven't. It hasn't been my experience, but I haven't finished the campaign yet. Um, but uh, it's just something to be aware of. I, you know, when you guys go through, as you guys go through it, I'm, you know, think about that because uh, um, uh, it's it's probably one of the biggest complaints I've seen from from the major reviewers of the game so far. All right. Well, stepping into our final topic of today, um, I actually wanted to kind of bring this back around. So Warhammer has officially been launched. Um, there have been a few other launches as of late um, that the initial launch has gone quite terrible. So what I want to talk about a little bit is, um, and, and we'll only take a, f a few minutes to, to keep this episode in time, Um but with with there there seems to be this new and maybe the question is is it is it player is a player expectation too high or have developers now started leaning too much on fixing it after launch excuse me games like uh battlefield 2042 um <laughs> games like even new world uh cyberpunk there's so many examples of games that when at launch it's not a finished product. It's not. And, and you know, whether or not uh, they said, hey, well, we just didn't know that these bugs even existed in our game, I'm of the mind that they should have been tested and, and polished and gone through quality assurance. And it's tough because I feel like every time I hear, hear of layoffs in the gaming industry, you know where they're at? Quality QA. assurance. Yep. Yep. Almost yep. every stinking time. And it's starting to show. 
and we're starting to get these experiences. Here's the deal: when I when I boot up my game for the very first time, I I feel like I'm a very forgiving player. Um, I if I, if I have frame rate drops, whatever, it, it doesn't bother me. Um, I just want to play the game and enjoy it. But lately, some of these bugs have been so significant that 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 they're hindering actual gameplay. An example is New World's economy and the gold duplicating that became an issue. Or just some literally unplayable bugs that have made their way into the launch of a product. Now, we live in the modern age, which is great. So we have the ability to patch games on day one. And we have the ability to make these changes. So not all is lost should you launch a game with bugs. But are we have we set the bar too high? Are, are we are we nitpicking? Are we pointing out things too often, too quickly, and, and discrediting games as soon as they come out because, you know, YouTube is a thing. And we found a hundred bugs within the first twenty four hours of its launch just because information is moving so fast. Or have developers leaned too far into this? Ah, we'll fix it after lunch. Uh, we'll see what the community says, and then we'll just take care of the most important bugs and then keep moving towards our first DLC. What do you guys think? The answer is definitively. No, our expectations are not too high. Period. There, there is zero excuse to put out a product with the number of bugs that have come um, from some of these games. Period. Like, there's just no, no excuse other than, you know, EA wants its money, right? Or Amazon wants its money, or, or you know, insert terrible company here wants their money right like a lot of these studios they get pressured to meet these deadlines right they release a new call of duty game every single year they release a new battlefield game i i don't know how often it is but it's it's very frequently like maybe a two-year cycle um and these games like they will not move that deadline they will not push the game back they will just release it and knowing people will buy it and that they'll fix it later and this is just 100% on, on the development teams. There's no reason why us as consumers can't expect to have a polished game when we buy it. That's how it was for the longest time, before the internet, before digital games. If you bought a game on a disc or a cartridge, you brought that game home, and that was the only version of the game you were ever going to get. And you knew, for the most part, for for the large majority of games, it was very well tested, and there weren't these huge game-breaking bugs. I mean, there were still some bugs, don't get me wrong. There's always going to be bugs in games and in software. But you, you could expect that you were going to be able to play through this game and experience it how it was intended. And I, I actually think that our expectations have been subverted a little bit and lowered because of digital gaming i think developers have set this standard where it's you know they're trying to get us to be okay with having these bugs i mean like we we talked about um new world uh you know where we expected there to be server queues and we expected there to be some problems day one right right and um I, you know, in kind of retrospect, I, I'm thinking, okay, New World is made by Amazon. Amazon owns, like, one of the biggest server farms in the entire world. They have basically unlimited resources to servers and, and hardware. Like, there's just no excuse for some of the problems that we experienced on launch other than they just didn't want to delay the game anymore, right? Um, 
they may have learned too, because because uh, I will say Lost Ark did much better on server times and queues, uh, and well, Amazon is hosting it, right? Isn't, isn't Amazon? Yeah, they are. Yeah. But Lost Ark also holds like two hundred thousand players a server or something ridiculous like that. Oh, really? Right. Mm. Like New World servers, they were capped at two thousand, and I'm sorry, like Which that is ridiculous. Is, <laughs> that is an obscenely low player cap for yeah. uh, MMO. Um, like if your servers, if your code is that bad that you can't handle more than 2,500 simultaneous players in an MMO, then you need to you need to really fix that because yeah. plenty of MMOs are doing way 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 more players per server. And I understand that it's not an easy thing. Don't get me wrong. I I've done network coding and things like that. That's not a trivial task to solve, but it is one that does need to be solved. Right? That's not it's not okay to have a 2,000 player server. And then have a twelve thousand person queue, right? Having a having a queue six times larger than your actual server capacity is just crazy. That's just yeah. that's just crazy. Um, so no, I I think this is just one hundred percent on developers, and they so, want they want to like they they're literally just releasing beta products to us and getting us to test them test it for them and then you know yeah. we're, we're literally paying to test their games which is so backwards that uh, it, it really does make me mad so go ahead Big is Papa. it is it well i guess i just you know a couple questions because I, you make a lot of good points um you know is it always on the developers though could you argue that it's on the producers for, of first oh know, yes I, you, absolutely you, you mentioned setting the deadlines right yeah developers have to work within these constraints that are not set by them necessarily um it's they're set by the producer of the game and like you also said you know the bottom line is money right that you know if you it, i think developers in a lot of times would would love to have as much time as they could to develop the game perfectly but in the bottom line is if you develop a game for an extended period of time you're going to start running you're going to start losing money and you know worse than potentially releasing a game is having the game shut down and and stop development on just because you ran out of resources right so right. so you know is it worse to have these incomplete games come out that will eventually become more complete or is it worse to never see a potentially good game just because they didn't have the you know the resources to release you know a so, a complete game you know you know what i'm saying right so, those are those so are some thoughts i've had yeah. here's the thing like and i'll i'll respond to this real quick and let someone else talk uh for a bit but um you're you're 100 right i i i guess i would blame management and um people producing the game more than the actual development teams because development teams traditionally just get told um, what to do, and then, you know, they just they just go do it, right? It, right. it really is, it's, it's the managers um, who uh, want the game done by this deadline, and as, as someone who works in, you know, soft, the software industry, there is oftentimes a big disconnect on what managers think is possible versus what, <laughs> what, what right. is, what you can actually do. Like, there's, yeah. there's an old joke that, that goes, you know, a manager is somebody who thinks nine women can deliver a baby, baby in one month, right? It's just not, <laughs> it's just not how, how it works, right? There's a, they, they think that that should work, but it, but it doesn't. So, there's some um, great YouTube videos on this actually that are just hilarious. Anyway, sorry, just right. No, yeah, and and yeah, there are, there absolutely are, um, some some good videos on that. So I I, I think you know that that is true. The you know pro people producing the game are obviously wanting to get this pushed out faster, and you know that's the same in most areas of 
the you know software development anywhere like we are constantly being urged to release new code and, and get things updated as fast as as possible um and and honestly i'm not gonna delve i don't want to dive too much into software development philosophy but they a lot of these companies are practicing probably what's called the agile methodology of producing things right where they mm. they take a basic product and they re they iterate on it every couple of weeks when they come back and get feedback on, on how it's doing and this is a big shift away from how games used to be developed where you would just lay out this massive plan from start to finish and then you know you would execute each step right now it's right. like do a little bit of thing okay then plan for the next part part of the phase once you have that have that done and i think that's part of the problem um or part of the reason we have this problem right they're okay with you know releasing part of a product getting some feedback and then fixing it right um as, as far as your comment like on uh would it funding be better to or... get funding yeah, right, getting right, this yeah. out Dude, ea has no issues funding their games, okay right? fair these enough big companies have no issues funding these games they are just greedy as as all freaking get out and right they just they just, just want to get it out and so, si right. you know siphon That's your fair. money you paid 60 bucks okay let's move on and who cares do about you... fixing the game we're going to release another one next year well, that that would lead into my next question, which is: Do do we feel like this is more of a big studio problem, or is yes. this something that also indie games tend to do? I, I don't see it as much, but but there is a big difference, right? When we're yeah. talking about a, an actual development team that that is the producer that are also producing the game, you know, or or you know, because sometimes it's like one guy doing it, right? Um, versus these big studios that should have the money to right. you know invest in these games. I, I mean, anyway. So it's it's not exclusively. Um big companies but i would say the vast majority of these issues are from these triple a game studios um right i mean cyberpunk uh cd project red has made big games like this before like they they should know when the game is ready or, or when it's not ready and they have lots of funding there's there's a reason for that ea battlefield 2042 they've made battlefield games before there's no reason to have this number of bugs in it but you know you, you got to look like it's it's not exclusive to that like um no man's sky was a pretty big disaster on launch and it was made by a team of six people just six people and and that's a small game right. but once it got traction people started to see it as this big big game and then you know sony started backing them and giving them um you know head headlining the game and things like that and i you know that puts pressure on the game studio to get the game released now right when even when it's it's not released so i i think you know, it, it, while it's not exclusively big game developers, um, it, it it almost always it almost always is. I, I think there's a few exceptions to that rule, but uh, most of the time you see these big disastrous game launches. It's from these AAA studios that should know what they're doing. So, allow me to weigh in here just a little bit. I I work in um, in in product development, albeit. I make manufactured goods and and not software, um, and but my role in that in that goal actually is that 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 is the current position that I'm in is equivalent equivalent to being that producer, right? I, I'm that person who says, hey, this is what the community is looking for, um, this is what our customers are looking at. I turn to my engineers, I say, can we build it? And they say, no, we can't. I say, great. Well, what can we build? <laughs> <laughs> and we have a conversation about what we can actually build because engineers can tell you a million ways why something won't work and you got to find out what will work. 
So <clears throat> what this means is that there is this symbiotic relationship between me and my engineers or a developer and their producer to understanding what the customer wants, what can be implemented, the amount of time it takes to implement it, and then launch it out the door. So with this process in place, having it being, being done effectively from everybody's perspective is that you end up launching a product or a game that is what people want to play at a price point that people want to pay for it. And, uh, and, and it's, and it's a finished product. Now it doesn't always turn out that way. <clears throat> and when we look at, hang on, excuse me. <clears throat> when we look at things in the game studio and I see, you know, let's take a company, for example, like, like EA or like Blizzard and they're say they're saying, hey, let's figure this out. We we tend to idolize our developers. We really do. And and, and, and props should go out to our developers because they are doing the heavy lifting. But there's a lot of accountability here, right? About who you know, why do we keep getting games from AAA from all over the place that are not done at launch? Who's where does the buck stop? Is it a greedy corporate group of people? that just want cash? Is it the developers for maybe being underskilled? Where's the buck stop? And I gotta tell you, you wanna know where the buck stops? Ultimately, it's with the player and it's with their wallet because these decisions don't get made unless there's financial evidence that it's the right thing to do. And and that producer who's saying, it's, don't worry, it's going to be good enough to his development team because everybody's trying to make their bonus so they can have enough money for Christmas. Is saying that because the numbers prove that if they launch out Battlefield 2042 and the next year they launch out Battle 2045 and it's another 60 bucks and people continue to buy it, they'll continue to sell it. And I'm, I'm, my my perspective on this is that we have a. This is my personal opinion. I'm a little heated here, so I, I already, you know, I already apologize. We have a tendency to blame this big, nasty corporate entity, which doesn't have a face, which doesn't, you know, doesn't really exist. It's it's just this abstract thing. When the reality is, is that we feed the monster. We're the ones paying for the games, and if we stopped buying them, you better believe that they would pivot their business decisions but we haven't gotten there yet. And I think the gamers are wising up to this. I think we're getting smarter about this. You know, we had this big campaign and everyone's talking about don't pre-order games. I think we're becoming a little bit more cued in into um, companies that launch meaningful games and those that launch buggy games. We're getting, you know, we, we shredded New World for it not being able to keep up with its players. And, um, you know, they, they've suffered from that. So I guess what I'm saying is, is when we are looking at why this is happening, I I think we have to extend that reach, and we, we it's a dangerous for us to say, oh, it's just because they want more money, and we have to realize that we're actually feeding that bear. We're the ones who are giving giving them those dollars, and we need to stop when the product is subpar, regardless of the hype, regardless of how excited we are for it, and simply say this is does not meet my expectations because right now, guess what? It does. It does meet our expectations because people are buying it. I'm not saying ours particularly. I just mean as a, as, as a group of people. So um, anyway, so I can test that players' expectations are not high enough yet for there to be a meaningful change in how this development process actually works. Okay, so I, you, you're not wrong. 
Okay, players definitely fuel. You can stop right there. Oh, okay, all right. No, <laughs> Just kidding. Look, look, no, and you're not wrong. And actually, the, the, the biggest piece of advice I, I would give is do not pre-order a game from EA. Do not pre-order a game from Ubisoft or one of these huge AAA companies. And I, I've learned my lesson. I haven't I, – unless it's a studio, a trust, um, I will not pre-order – one of the games and you don't even need to pre-order these these games in general guys i mean they're not gonna run out of digital copies okay and the cosmetics bonuses you get from pre-ordering i mean you're gonna oh gosh, use once for 10 minutes be, yeah. right right like the pre-order bonuses are are usually something you're gonna play for about the 30 seconds bonus was then, like a steel tin and a map of it yeah and it came absolutely with the model yeah. and, it came well, with and, and that was when you had Master like the Chief physical helmet. copy right and gamestop yeah. and ea games would compete for you know what their pre-order bonus was going to be and that's when you know but i i you're right i mean we keep giving them our money despite knowing um that the product is is probably gonna be bad but the the issue i have with this is for the vast majority of the gaming industry, we have already had the expectation that this product should be finished, right? And, like, we can't know whether or not this product is going to be good or not unless we buy it, right? And and that's that's part of the problem because a lot of the times these are products we want. When you look at Battlefield 2042, that was a game that looked really cool, if, I, if I'm being honest. Like, the trailer for it at E3 last year looked great you're gonna have these massive bottle battles it's got like tornadoes in the background people jumping you know atvs off into to helicopters and making them explode i mean that all that kind of stuff looks really cool and something that that the consumer wants the problem is they're advertising it this way and it's not how the game works exactly. we're also we're also mm. getting false advertising exactly. from these companies as well and yep. we we've again for the majority of my lifespan, when I bought a game, I expected it to work. And that's why I continue to buy games, because I do have the expectation that this product I am buying should be functional. And, like, like I don't I don't think that's an unreasonable thing. Like, why, like, should I just stop buying video games altogether and, un, until, you know, EA learns a lesson five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now, or... Or, or whenever it is, like it's not good for the consumer to, to put this on the consumer and saying, uh, you you consumers are stupid for buying our product over and over and over again, and we're we're just going to be a scummy corporation and not make a good product for you, you know? Because yeah. uh, honestly, I mean, at one point in time, EA wasn't this terrible, horrible company that they are viewed as now, but they are because they have slowly lulled us into it being okay for us to buy these unfinished games. I mean, you wouldn't go to a car dealership and and then buy a car and then expect it not, you know, have it break down next week, right? Maybe you do the test drive, but you, you expect it to last a little bit longer than that. And the, I mean, but what are you going to do if it does break, right? You're, you're just going to be out the money because that's not fair to you, the consumer. Maybe you learn your lesson. Maybe you don't buy from that car dealership next time. But in the meantime, you're still getting screwed, and that's still bad business practice on part of the producer. Right. I think I think in a lot of ways, a lot of people have stopped buying from these big studios. Like I, I can't tell you the last well, time I bought. I, I mean, yeah. maybe you have, but again, soccer is right. Battlefield 42 had a ton of people buy it. 
and a ton of people pre-order. And you're never going to stop that from happening. Right. Because, well, I, because I don't know that you never. Well, but the next generation is going to start growing up and asking their parents for the games. And their parents are not going to have any idea what they're doing and buying these un- incomplete games. Uh, I'm just saying, we, like, you're never going to stop. You're never going to convince everyone to stop buying products and then, you know, in order to convince yeah. the the corporations to actually give us finished products. No, you're, that's never going to happen. I agree. You but know. we have made meaningful change inside the gaming industry before. Example, uh, loot crate boxes. That used to be yeah. in every single game, hands down, was a loot, was a loot box. And now, if you put a loot box in your game, you're going to get so much backlash, it's not even worth it. Because we've explicitly told the industry, we're like, absolutely not. This is gambling. It's wrong. We hate it. We want it out of our games. And for the most part, at least the games that I play, I haven't seen one. I haven't seen loot boxes in um, a while. But you know know how that... The whole Rainbow Six change. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> well, like, but that game's been around longer. Like, that's like right. I said, the, games we haven't played the, in a while. <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back for loot boxes was EA releasing Battlefield Two. Right? They actually had class action lawsuits brought against them because of the loot boxes, right? And in game, and maybe that's what it it takes is is class action lawsuits. I know for Battlefield yeah. Twenty Four Two, there are huge, huge petitions demanding refunds from EA for giving you this product that's not finished, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at almost any other consumer product. If you buy something at Walmart and it doesn't work, you can take it back for a full refund, right? And, yep. the, like, that's kind of the expectation of the consumer market. If this doesn't work, then I should be able to get my money back for it. And it seems like the problem is still at the corporate level where they're not yeah. going to give people their money back for a product they gave people that they knew didn't work and wasn't finished. Mm. Like that is still on the producer and not the consumer. I think, I think Ruko made a really good point at one, uh, he, he, when he said that um, we still have to buy the game to see if it's good or not. Right. Like we still right. u- ultimately, like how are we going to know if it's complete or not? Unless we, I guess we wait for one person to buy it and get, and tell everyone one, whether it's good or not. You know, like tiny it, sample size, right? Right. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, the I only reviewers ult- at that point are going to be the ones from EA and they're just going to say the game's great guys. Come buy it. Right. Slacker right. does have a point. I, I, he has a point in that, in the fact that the reason this is happening is because the money's there, right? Yeah. The yeah. play, the He's... players are putting forth the money right. to purchase yeah. these incomplete games, and that's what is incentivized these corporations to do it. But I still think the moral responsibility here falls on the corporations. Um, for for Ruka brought up another point that I was actually going to bring up. You know, one of the biggest things here is is the false advertising that's involved in a lot of these games. Um, you know, the the best example, but it's not the most recent example, is No Man's Sky. You know, No Man's Sky. You know, I mean, they literally lied to the players about what was going to be in the game, about the expectations of what was going to be in the game. I, I, I don't know if lied, but they were, they were literally like, on camera lied. I, I, I know. We could find the videos. I know, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It's it's not that. But like going back and watching those interviews with guy, a lot of the times they these were things they actually had planned to put in the game. It's not like, you know, some of these interviews were from like two years before the game launched, three years before the game launched. Right and you know yeah this is what their plan was fair fair so enough I, I I just want to defend No Man's Sky a bit because honestly I feel like <laughs> that development team of here's all thing. development teams pulled the one <laughs> right and sometimes they do and here and maybe this is you know I'll say this I'm I'm okay with with getting games that are not fully complete 
case in point, Warhammer 3, I'd, I would argue it's not a complete game. I'm still waiting for more units to, you know, and different factions, and uh, Mortal Empires, uh, you know, a whole other campaign type where you can literally play in the whole map. That's one of the, that's the epitome of that game, in my opinion. Um, I'm waiting for that. It's not been released, and I already pitched for 60 bucks for it, but I know what I'm, exp- you know, I know it's going to come out. You know, I know it's going to be released, and I think, so I think I'm okay with with developers and and studios, you know, releasing games that are not finished as long as there is the promise of getting that content, and as long as you know that up front, right? You know, um, I just well, that, that's what early access is for. I'm I was just actually, gonna say. Oh, I was just yeah. gonna say. Mm-hmm. No, okay, I was gonna say early access I'm, is. I won't steal your thunder. No, no. Yeah. Well, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm too I'm late sorry. right now. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I was just gonna say that's one thing that's really good about early access is is that you know you can the developers are like saying hey we need money you know but try the game out now and tell us give us feedback on the game so we can improve it but you don't here's the thing is you only really see indie developers doing this because they want the feedback they're actually interested in what the players have to say i don't i don't know if you guys have seen this with big bigger studios but i haven't and so i i think there's definitely a difference here between like these smaller studios these indie games right. versus these big studio games right when it comes yeah. to this topic um I think uh, I think generally, you know, big studios, they they definitely have a different response. Like, I don't know, they, it's different. But right, that's one thing that's good is early access is great. But I yeah, I I, I think ultimately, I'm okay buying games that are incomplete as long as you know again the expectations are there and I know they're going to be complete at some point, right? And and well, isn't that what the early access, you know? label is for is to say this game right. is incomplete so i i'm actually okay with early access games because up front i know this game is not finished it probably has bugs and it they're going to continue to work on the bugs and i know that going in and i know that when i buy the product but battlefield 2042 releases and says this is a full product we are done yes buy the game and there's no guarantee or promises that we're going to fix anything right like not okay right and the, and the responsibility it, i think falls on them and i here yeah. i I'm a capitalist, right? Gen- like I generally am a in pro capitalism, um, but I, you know, so I'm not necessarily saying you know the corporations are evil, but but <laughs> you know I think the responsibility in this in you know in this topic absolutely falls on them to be clear about what they're releasing to the you know to their players and um, at least <laughs> allow refunds if it's not up to the players' expectations, you know, well, uh, because it's incomplete. Allow me to wrap up my thoughts, my own thoughts here on on this issue with with, with sort of a, a little more of a positive note. What what all this has really meant to me, at least, is that regardless of who's paying, regardless of where the who's responsible, one thing to me is certain is that things are not being done well. And you know what's really awesome about that is it's given an opportunity for small indie developers to really shine. I'm looking through yeah. my Steam library. Holy smoke, some of the best games I played last year were indie developed games. Everything from Wildermyth, Valheim. You, you know, we, we played so many games that just kind of came out of the blue because luckily we're at a point where, where the, the barrier for entry to distribute a game to the masses is so much smaller. Games like, yeah. like Among Us. Like, what a simple, easy concept of an idea that everyone got to enjoy. Uh, I even mentioned at the beginning of this episode that I'm playing a game called Vampire Survivors. 
you know what? You know how many people probably took to develop that? It's probably a team of like one guy. <laughs> and I got to play his game, and I freaking loved it. And th- I love finding games like that. Those games are the ones that are like, hey, I had an idea for a brand new concept, something that's off the beaten path, something different, something unique. I implemented it in my game. Come try it out. You can pay three bucks for it. We'll call it early access, and we'll figure it out along the way together. All right, I'm in. So yeah. while this we we struggle to see games that could be as epic, because here's the deal. Whether you like Battlefield or not, the premise of Battlefield is awesome. An epic 64 on 64 battle. You know, I personally love the World War II themed ones. There's grenades flying. I remember being just so enthralled the very first time uh, Battlefront um, said every laser that you see go across your screen was shot by someone and can kill Mm. you. And you're like, what? That's amazing. You know, it's a cool experience. It's there. It's a shame that they have such an iron grip on it. But I think this also leads way for indie developers to pick up the torch and, and, and carry this 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 creative medium that we love so much into a new generation because never before have I been able to play so many games at such an affordable rate at done yeah. by such a massive amount of people. And that's, to me, that's awesome. So this sucks is what I'm saying, yeah. but it's given this this silver lining that I really, really do love. There's well, light on the horizon. Absolutely. Right? I, I, it's not even on the horizon. It's, it's I mean, here. It's, I mean, yeah, I agree. They, I, I agree with you. I mean, that is the silver lining of this entire uh, situation as we, we go out and look for something good to play. And I, I mean, looking through my Steam layer, I think about 95% of them are um, indie games because yep. that is, honestly, that is, I, I have just as much fun playing indie games as I would some of these big AAA games. Uh, more fun, right? If in the case of Battle, you know, 2042, right? So, um, but you know, you're you're right. Like Battle 42, 2042 sounds awesome on paper, right? And the trailers make it look awesome. Yeah. But I I think that's also the problem is because we want and expect the game to be awesome. I understand. And I, and, and it's not right. I mean, it's enticing to buy, and it's just not what it should be, right? It's not what you know what we're they're telling us it's going to be and you know that's that's really where my problem comes in so indie games are great don't pre-order triple a studio <laughs> games in my opinion yep. but <laughs> tldr there you yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> go go indie <laughs> and we have been well it's, i'll tell you good, what i agree with slacker i agree we, with you that's a good way to wrap this up <laughs> we will make sure that as we continue to do game dives like we were really excited for warhammer so that was definitely gonna be one but I think it'll be important for us to make sure that we are also spending an equal amount of time on these big games. You'll probably see us doing more game dives on smaller indie stuff because we just we've been loving that stuff, um, and we hope you enjoy that content well, as much as terrible complaining about AAA games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, like I I'm gonna be buying Elden Ring. Like I I love from software games. That is gonna be one I buy and play. And we'll talk. I'll talk about it. Like, I don't think you guys are planning to buy it at least. And you know, Horizon Forbidden West, the new God of War game comes out this year. And there's definitely big indie games on, or not sorry, big AAA games that I'm looking forward to, um, that I hope pan out. So, and some of those were actually great on release. Mm-hmm. It had no. Yeah. No, yeah. none of these issues we're like, talking about. I, so it's that's, a very that's few. That's what it's... makes it more bitter for me is that yeah. I know that these studios can do it. 
yeah. <laughs> they're just yeah. choosing. They're they're not. They're just choosing not to. Right? Yeah. And I that that just is salt in the wound for me. So. Well, it's 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 gonna you know it'll eventually either die out or or you know it, it resolve and and you know or people will just buy indie games or how you know how, it'll work out. You know. Yeah. Um. It's just too bad that you know it's been a thing, but I think I think I think Slacker summed it up perfectly with with just how we live in a good time right now where there are so many options at such a cheap rate you know that's that's awesome yeah yeah okay well thank you so much for tuning into this episode of split screen radio if you enjoyed this episode please let us know by leaving us a rating on google podcasts or on itunes if you do we'll be sure to read them here on the podcast itself uh, and just recently, I believe that Spotify is now allowing you to review uh, podcasts as well. So please give us a review or five stars there as well. In the meantime, if you want to play with us or give us recommendations for our next game dive, you can catch us on the Split Screen Radio Discord server. You can find an invite to that in the description of this podcast. And as always, thank you so much for being a great community. We continue to be ever so humbled and honored by the support you receive from our audience each and every week. Signing off, I have been your host, Slacker, joined as I am each week by my two co-hosts, Big Papa. See you later. And Ruko. Bye, everybody. You guys have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time. Bye.